sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 113 of Average Joe's Drive-In. And so this is a little news update. So this is, I'm going to have a couple of regular guest hosts on with me each month. They'll kind of rotate. Uh, you may know them as the two guests I've had on the show, <laughs> I think more than anybody else. Uh, but uh, joining me on the even month is uh, Dan Fleming of the Potato League podcast. So Dan will be joining me on Even Months, and my friend Eric Marner from the Movie Freaks podcast will be joining me on Odd Months, which means Dan and I are going to fall on Halloween. Otherwise, I would have never agreed to this. That's right. That was his stipulation. <laughs> it had to be Halloween. If, if I don't get October, I quit. I'm not going to do it at all. It's in my contract. Yeah. It's my, that's my one writer as a podcaster. I have to do the October month. <laughs> I don't care if you give me M&M's or shit like that. Just make sure I get October. Candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> Candy corn. Uh, I've already got a bag of my pumpkins. Black at, my pumpkins at home. <laughs> black I enjoy the pumpkins. Corn. So, uh, anyway, so we thought it'd be fun to, because some of my last bunch of podcasts have been a little more on the serious side, we thought it would be fun to talk about kind of our plans for October. Um, and... Where specifically, I'm going to be doing two thousand movies made in the 2000s. So anywhere from 2000 to current. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan is doing something a little different, but that's okay. I think we were going to mainly just talk okay. about the 2000s movies yeah. today. Because, you know, we're horror nerds, so we made lists. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it just... I, I started with a small list, and then it just kept growing, and I'm like, well, fuck. Well, at first I was just going to do 30, and then I was like, I'll wing the rest of it, and I'm like, no, more, yeah. more. The more I named, I'm like, I'm going to have to categorize these, so yeah, you're getting categories for me today. Um, so we can go, I don't know how we want to do this, because we get a lot of movies on here. Um, the ones I think everybody's familiar with, we probably won't spend a ton of time on. Yeah, that's why I ha the best of the best that I put on here are like, there's... You know, everybody knows that Get Out is good. Yeah. If you don't, why haven't you watched it already? So yeah, the the best of list, I didn't think I, we would talk about nearly as much. So I figured if anything, our list would really roll over a lot on that. But yeah. My, I, my, my list, I basically created a little mini top tens under the foreign category, remake, adaptations, horror comedy, uh, small independence, and then more... Slightly more mainstream films that, yeah. while not as big as like some of the bigger ones, they're they're at least they're mainstream. Yeah, I went after some of the directed video type stuff. Oh, nice! That kind of looked cool, and you know as well as I do, nine times out of ten, it's probably going to be garbage. Mm -hmm. But the cover looked cool. I was trying to go back to my old video store days of like perusing through the freaking Tom and I uh, were actually talking the about aisles that today. and looking at stuff. It just I would write movies based yeah. off the, how cool the cover looked. Well, one of the things, I just finished <laughs> reading a book called "I Lost It at the Video Store." It's it's written by a guy who interviews. Quentin Tarantino, David O. Russell, basically directors from the past, like, 20 years, yeah. who basically grew up in video stores, right. and what we are now missing as a society by not having that, because, um, for just one example, like the film Headhunter, 
That's a film you would discover at a video store. Oh, that cover because, alone, that because, cover alone yeah. would have just been like, oh shit. And odds are, and I talked about this because uh, we had talked about the film Ad Astra with Brad Pitt, and I really liked that movie, and I'm like, but you never hear about it. I'm like, as a, as a video store clerk, that film would have never been on my shelf because right. I would have recommended it to everyone I knew, much like Headhunter. If you had come into my video store, if I currently owned a video store, which, damn it, I should. But, um... Hey, you know that place right next door to me? You could bring back Jones's, the original... And Jones's Market is where I rented my very first uh, VHS... I think me too. Tootsie. We rented a VHS player and Tootsie. I remember he had like 40 movies. Yeah. And that was pretty much it the entire time that I ever remember there. Yeah. I don't remember there being much of a changeover, but yeah. Yeah, but we don't get that as much anymore. We don't get that... I mean, there's still, you know, the horror groups and everything where stuff will catch on. Yeah. But you don't have that in-person interaction with someone who... Because when I worked at Movie Gallery, I got free movie rentals. So I watched everything. Oh, I remember Pretty much that came out between the years 97 and 2001. I watched it. Didn't matter if it was good or not, because I could rent it for free. So I did. My six months working at A&B Video was the same idea. We were allowed to take anything home from the dollar rental aisle. Mm Mm-hmm. At yeah. night, and you could keep it, you had to bring it back the next day or whatever, but it was like, dude, so at the end of my shift, I'd go through and pick out like three or four movies yeah. every night, and yeah. I would go home and watch those. And there was always that one where you'd like, you'd show up to rent one thing, it wouldn't be in, and you're like, something. well, damn it, I drove ten minutes to get here, I'm not leaving without something. So you go, and ha- that's when half the time you either watch something you've watched a million times, or you're like, I guess I'll try this. Yeah. And so many times, that was a film... That you remember, like yeah. Well, and this is this is the other thing about that. Now, do you suppose? And I'm thinking, the whole video store nostalgia thing is on that trip anyway. Mm-hmm. Is we um maybe is is that why we maybe have still have such an affinity for those '80s movies? Is because of the nostalgia factor oh, that it brings be. back. Because some of the movies I love are garbage, dude. Oh, yeah. And I know they are. But... Well, I mean, if, <laughs> if you remember from my last time on here, I've been doing a massive 90s rewatch. And, yeah, there's a lot of films that I definitely are like, it's not a great film, but it came out when I when I needed that movie to come out. So I really like it. Or it was a movie that was on HBO all, like what I watched recently. I watched Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford. Nice. Uh, good movie, but I must have watched that film a million times on HBO because it was always on. Well, that was like uh, you were just pointing out, I have Orca, the killer whale yeah. from Scream Factory. That was an HBO staple. I was too young to watch that movie when mm-hmm. that was on HBO all the time, but I remember catching bits and pieces yeah. of it, and it just... Scaring the ever-loving bejesus out of me. I've never actually seen the whole film. Oh, yeah. But I because it. I caught glimpses of it so much as a kid, that movie has always been ingrained in my head, and I had forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I see Scream Factory, Orca, The Killer Whale. I'm like, ooh, I know what I'm going to buy and watch a glorious aged Well, that's one of the advantages we do have. While, while we don't have a video store now, we do have all these boutique labels Arrow, Vinegar Syndrome, Severin, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, Vestron, that are putting out... Blue Underground. Yeah, they're putting out these (laughs) movies. Like, you know, we we both liked Maximum Overdrive as a kid. 
It's not a great film or by any means. I may have the $30. But damn, that Vestron disc is, is amazing. So it's like you, it's, it's pitching the film with someone who loves the film as much as you did. Which is, you know, when they released it on VHS, you didn't get that. Because you yeah. just got the movie. But now you get, you know, trivia tracks. You get commentaries. You get making of documentaries. All this and stuff. And that's the one thing, like, people will ask about spending money on, you know, because those are, most of those are not cheap. By the way, Screen Factory's doing a sale on uh, um, their um, steelbooks right now. Damn it, I just got done with the Criterion sales just a little while ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they had the Howling steelbook on there for like $12. Oh, that's a good um, price. The 17 for the Halloween 2 and 3 steelbooks. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check There was some decent, but decent buys. They have the critter box there for 40 bucks. I've got the critter set. I, I haven't got that, bought that so. yet, but it's 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 a thing of beauty. Um, Again, well, you know, fucking critters got a deluxe box set. <laughs> fucking critters, right. critters. It's well deserved. It, the it did not have my maybe not so it much, did not have my Leonardo DiCaprio commentary track, uh, which I kind of miss. They but, couldn't uh, get Leo for the commentary. For I, I know. I, I, I guess he's I guess he's busy. Or something. He I might be know. doing some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, but that, yeah, that's the one thing. So about those older films, that's what I love. So, and I don't mind spending the extra mm-hmm. money because you have six hours yeah. worth of extra crap on the. Yeah. And to me, those that is my you know critters is my Scarface. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's what I grew up on. So I'm obsessed with those movies, yeah. and I love to find all the behind the scenes. Yeah. And the DVDs did it to an extent, but not to the not extent the these guys are going. There's a reason you're paying $23, $24 on average for most of these, or more yeah. for some of them. Well, I mean, I just recently picked up the um, Do the Right Thing Criterion Collection disc. That comes with like a 100-page book that has excerpts from his shoot, Spike Lee's shooting diary. Oh, cool. It's like... It's like daily notes. Yeah, his daily... <laughs> so it's like... You don't, you don't need film school. You just need the Criterion Collection movies, you know? And you can pretty much learn how to do so much of the stuff from <laughs> and that. It, it's, uh... And, and you listen to a lot of these directors now that are just kind of coming into their prime or, mm-hmm. you know, in the last ten years, and you listen to a lot of them, and it's like, dude, movies and the bonus stuff on the DVDs, that was part of our film school. That's yeah. how we learned stuff. That's well, how, I mean, you like, know, Tarantino never went to film school. He just watched every movie he could get his hands on and talked about it with people, you know. And uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember Hollywood. It wasn't Hollywood Video, but it was like it was a regular. It was a pretty good sized video store, but you know, right? But he worked there for years, and he took that. You can see it in every movie he makes how he's right, leaning he, heavily on whatever. Didn't he write True Romance while he was working? At oh yeah, the video store. Oh yeah, yeah. he he only he only. And this was an interesting thing there. He only made Reservoir Dogs because the video store, the guy who owned it wanted to sell it and get rid of it, and they couldn't come up with the money to buy it themselves, the employees. Uh. So it went out of business. And he's like, if that, if we had raised the money to, to buy that, he's like, I would be clerking there right now. He's like, I would have probably never made a movie because I would have been running that video store. Right. But it went under, so I'm like, well, screw it. Now's the time to make a movie. Right. But it would have been the real life Empire Records. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I want to fire every employee in that movie. When I was like 17 or 18, when that movie came out, I love that movie. I'm like, this is the greatest place to work. I want to work there. 
as someone who's now like run retail stores, I'm like, every one of you will be fired by the end of the week. <laughs> You're all the worst employees. I haven't watched that in a long time. The, oh, I, mean, I the, remember when it came out, I was obsessed with that movie for a long time. And well, it was, starts with a guy stealing the night deposit to go to like Atlantic <laughs> City and gamble and then losing it all and coming back to work the next day and going, boss, I lost the money. Ethan, was that Ethan Embry? It was not Ethan Embry. It was the other one. Oh, it was the other one. It was right. a super sensitive one. Ethan Embry it, was, it was the goofy it was, one. It was the guy from Dazed and Confused. That was it, right? Wasn't it the guy that was the the the, the yeah Rory Cochran? Rory, Rory Cochran. Cochran. Yes, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Have you ever, you know, Benjamin Franklin? Man, he was, <laughs> <laughs> Martha watched it. Whatever that whole thing with smoking weed. Anyway, yeah. if you look at a dollar bill, but yes, okay. also a great Criterion Collection disc. Days the Days Confused. Confused. Yeah, yes. that's one I've got to pick. I had. Years ago on DVD, but I would like to pick up a copy of it on something. I, I remember that film will always hold a special place. I do have it on VHS. Because <laughs> for, for Project Graduation, we went to Sugarloaf Mountain to hang out for the night. You know, the stupid things you have to do for Project Graduation. And we they, they allowed us to pick two movies to take on the bus ride there. Yeah. And they didn't know what Dazed and Confused was. <laughs> so I managed to get that one into the, into the player first. And then about, like, a half an hour into it, like, Mrs. Hamlin and Mr. Valente being like, what are you guys watching? But by then it was too late. Right. Or, like, we've graduated. What are you going to do? <sighs> Good old day. <laughs> so, so this leads into our thing of talking about 2000 movies. So, now, when I, I really, like, I had a little bit of a period that I went through where I wasn't super, like, into horror, like, I went through that phase through, like, high school, super into horror, watched a lot of it, still always watch horror, but there was kind of a dip there for, until probably 2001, I think, 2002. Honestly, a good, I mean, there's some absolute classics on this list, but the early part of the 2000s were weak for horror. It was They a- really were. Everything was either studio dumps that you know they like I want to say it was 2001 or 2002 was the year that horror really I think that was did Blair Witch came out Blair Witch um, was 99 Was Blair Witch 99? Blair Witch was 99 wow. yeah Okay so it was greatest movie that, year ever th- There was but there was a I remember there being just like a slew of movies that were just horror movie mm-hmm. after horror movie after horror movie Well uh, out. the Weinstein's had dimension uh, and true. so that's uh, they they cranked out. I mean, Kevin Williamson was writing like the faculty and the I know what you did last summer. It might have been two thousand because I'm thinking I had moved back from Bangor mm. and I was living in my apartment. That's when I first got involved with the Axis of Very Evil because mm. I think this year was our twentieth yeah. anniversary. Because uh, I I think it was two thousand was a good year for great horror or something like that was mm. the name of the thread. That we essentially broke Rotten Tomatoes with. Mm. If anybody knows the history of that, they turned our thread into its own page because it was so. It was like fifty six thousand posts in that one thing because we weren't hanging out on the rest of the thread. We were just posting in that, yeah. and from there we ended up having our own message boards and our own group and and Jason's visiting. That's well. Us. That's well timed. <laughs> Jesus. So. We, uh, I'm like, I didn't lock the door on my way in, dude. We are screwed. <laughs> He's really pissed I didn't put Friday the 13th on the remake the list. Remake list <laughs> I crossed that off, number oh, 10, and put something see, else. He knows. Yeah, so he knows. he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> we, uh, but, you know, so I got, 
I got really back into horror again there, and then there was like a six or seven year period where it was like it was it was really good, and then all of a sudden we had just a dip. Mm-hmm. It seemed like for five, and it seems to go in those well, waves. Well, a anyway. lot of those franchises that we just talked about petered out. Stuff you know, Dimension was just throwing. Oh, we've got this script. Quick, throw Pinhead into it. Okay, now it's Hellraiser six. Yeah, you know, uh, the Children of the Corns. They were just all seven thousand. They were just cranking out these very, very low budget films just to a keep the copyright on them, and they knew you would sell X amount of copies just by having a, a Hellraiser or Children of the yeah. Corn. So um, I, I mean, I and that's the thing. It's like okay, so I know there's there's gems in there. Mm-hmm. That I remember very vividly. A lot of those movies I only saw once, maybe twice. And and this goes back to we were talking about the video store thinking having such a nostalgia for those mm-hmm. films. Because a lot of it with me was the cover art mm-hmm. and stuff like that was ingrained in my head. So I always remember the movies. A lot of these movies from about 2006 yeah. to about 2014, 15... Dude, I don't remember jack yeah, let's be shit honest. about any of them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the art were. DVD like cover art sucks. For the most part, it's they, they don't have Photoshop. volumes of books of ninety of two thousand horror movies cover no, art. Oh my god, last seventies and eighties yeah. cover art. Oh yeah, I mean you you can find books of just VHS box art because that that was what you had to sell it on because there were there there weren't chat rooms. There, there wasn't nine internet, times out of ten, know. the artwork was better than the friggin' movie. You know? Yes, um, <laughs> the Mutilator. That movie is god awful, but I bought the goddamn Arrow box, like the Arrow, you know, nice set because I love that cover so I much. I just picked up the Arrow edition of the stuff. Oh, that's a great set. Which I can't wait to actually do. That's that. such a great set. Yeah, you did. You did well on that. One. I caught it on sale, so I didn't mm-hmm. have to pay the full the full price on yeah. it. I was like, which is why I grabbed it because it's one I've been like, it's one of those you go in and you eye like it's like ooh, ooh, do I really want to <laughs> spend that much? I can go buy like six other Blu-rays for the price of that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I emptied uh, what the one thing that this uh, this little COVID retreat has given us is time. So um, I went through about twenty boxes of books that I had in my basement that I hadn't gone through in eternity. Yeah. And ended up every week I go to Bull Moose and I turn in the two boxes because you're only allowed to take two boxes right. back right now. Right. But I've been doing it for about six or seven weeks straight. <laughs> Dan said I still got forty boxes left downstairs. I'm almost down to my last one, <laughs> almost. But I've been getting. About a hundred bucks worth of credit every time I go. Ooh. So that's I've been I've been treating myself like okay now I'm gonna get that Criterion disc now I'm gonna get that Arrow. You know that was that was the worst thing like I because I was laid off for three and a half months and uh, it was like I had a little extra money at that time because I wasn't going anywhere and doing anything. But at the same time, I'm like I don't dare spend any money yeah. on anything. Yeah. Because what I can, happens if all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the way, you're not coming back to work. Yeah. You uh, don't want to spend money, but you'll sure as fuck spend bull moose credit. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's the thing. I I have picked up a few things here and there since I've gone back, but I've been good. I haven't gone too nutty yeah. with it. It's I've caught stuff on sale and I. I had enough credit to pick up yeah. a couple things. And yeah, I think next I'm, I've got a lot of boxes of toys downstairs. Ah, yeah. So I think I'm going to go through some of my toy the boxes. The fun Joe Pots and different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I still, like, have... I mean, it's only from 2000, but, like, I still have a Castle Grayskull in box. 
you know, from 2000. Nice. I think I can get rid of that for something pretty nice. I bet you could. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got, like, a ton of Star Wars toys from the early 2000s. Basically, from when I worked at KB Toys. I was going to say, when Dan used to buy everything when it I, came I have all these Star Wars toys that I never opened. I just put in boxes because I didn't have the space for them at the time. And I'm like, now I'm like, eh, I don't really want them. So It's taking up space. But they're still in box, so they'll get a, a, a better price tag. So. Yeah, uh, I hear you. I've got, I've got a few things movie-wise. I... I've I've done well about weeding stuff out over the years, but I've yeah I've still got a handful of movies and stuff that need to go and all that. So <laughs> we're taking a long way to get to this, but that's it's all been right. a few months. You know, I haven't we're catching this up. This was see, this is weird because Dan was my first guest on my return episode back. Yep, <laughs> and then immediately the COVID thing hit, so. Dan, you know, you can thank Dan for the outbreak. Um, it was <laughs> all my doing. Was, I was, I brought the podcast back. Yeah, Dan comes on. I was off looking for monkeys in <laughs> Asia. Uh, I went to a lot of wet markets. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they made the zoonotic jump to me. My apologies. You went to Samaria, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did get a Sumatran monkey. Sumatran monkey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Peter Jackson was just looking at you, shaking his head. Was that it was like the Sumatran <laughs> rat monkey or something in that film? <laughs> yeah. For those of you not. Dead alive. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do have a lawnmower specifically just in case I need to kick ass for, for the, the Lord. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's what I haven't seen in a long oh. time. I, I will be, I will be, re- hint, I will be rewatching that for uh, this October because it did come out in the 90s. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, it was what, 97? 98? Uh, right around there. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, it depends on when we got it versus when. Well, also, I was going to say, yeah, that was one New, of those. When New Zealand we, got it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I think what we'll do is, where Dan has lists and I just have yeah, random movies, I think what I'll do is I'll do like, uh, I'll do ten of mine and let yep. you go through one of your lists. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so. And if one happens to pop up on both, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start it off, um, just because mine are in no particular order. <laughs> um, so the first one I put on there, and this is one I, I literally watch this maybe every six months to a year is the 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake, which is one of my favorite remakes pretty much ever. Number five on my remake list. Uh, Followed by 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later is number one. From 2002. On on my mainstream list. I put the uh, years next. Yeah, I put 28 (laughs) Days and Weeks. I combined them into one. Followed by 2005's The Descent, which I haven't seen in forever. Uh, The Descent is number 13 on my best of the best. (laughs) Uh, Number four was The Devil's Rejects from 2005. Number 15 on my best of the best. Number five, <laughs> Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That was from number... From 2006. Number four on my horror comedy list. Now, this one I have not seen, because this was one of these movies uh, that got kind of mixed reviews. It was, like, loathed by many, but then in the last year or two, all of a sudden it seems like everybody's like, no, this was a badass movie. It was just way ahead of its time. And that is... Jennifer's Body from 2009. Yes. <laughs> so, I want Dad to tell me a little bit about this, because uh, I don't know, I don't remember a lot about it. That's number three on my on my list. Um, the main thing with this is, let's be honest, uh, white dudes, white dudes hating on women. Um, <laughs> it stars Megan Fox, who ev- everybody remembers from the Transformers films. Uh, yeah. She got a lot of shit. 
because everyone's like, she can't act, she's just a sex object. Well, guess what Michael Bay told her to do? Act like a sex object. Yeah. Um, he was a... Oh, Michael Bay is a despicable human being. I mean, he makes some action films. Some are good, some are not. But he's just a dirtbag. And yeah. there's so many stories out there of him just being an absolute asshole to everybody. And here's a 19, 19 or 20 year old girl at the time who's getting her big break and they're just like, no, tilt your ass in the air more. That's your job in this movie. Your job is to look hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so people, she was a joke, essentially. No one cared about her. So she uh, gets put in this film, which, who was, which was written uh, by Diablo Cody, who had written the film Juno, okay. which again, young girl, smart ass girl, you know, not everything every middle-aged white dude likes is a little girl that's going to tell you where to fuck off. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and, and Diablo Cody, is she, you know, she herself was once upon a time an exotic dancer. She doesn't have time for your shit. Right. She do, And she writes movies like that. She's like, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm writing my movies. And this film is, this is why I think you'll love this movie. The main premise of, of the movie is it's, um, Megan Fox plays like the popular hot girl. And, um. Amanda Siegfried is her her shy, nebbish friend. Who I, I really like Amanda yeah, Siegfried. And, and she's too, good at this. So. And they go to a concert. And uh, Megan Fox gets pretty much taken, you know, with the band. Because, she you know, it's a groupy thing. Well, the band is going to sacrifice her soul to the devil to get a record deal. Slayer! I mean, no. Yeah. Uh, Adam Brody. Not quite Slayer. But... <laughs> But um, he's an actor I've always enjoyed because he always he always seems like he's in on the joke, right? Like he knows what he's making. Um, so basically, but things go horribly wrong, and they basically create a succubus, Jennifer, who then goes and fucks everybody and murders them, you know. And it's up to Amanda Siegfried to try to save her friend, and her friend is like, I don't think I kind of want to be saved. I'm kind of okay with this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll get, you know, the girl power attached to it and all that stuff. Well, that's what I was going to say. I remember that coming across, like, at the time. That wasn't the reason I wanted to see it, but I, I always felt like maybe that was the reason it got so much hate is because it was kind of a girl power it's movie. It's a very female-centric yeah. horror movie, and it's a female-centric horror movie where they don't need the fucking men. Yeah. You know, this isn't a final girl situation where they just happened to outlast everybody. It's like, you know, this is, this is, this is a... Um, I, I, it's a Whittier Ginger Snaps. Which I, absolutely, which is on my list. It's about <laughs> girls dealing with girl problems. Ginger. And guys being most of the problem, cause most of the problems. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's well shot. That is a reoccurring theme throughout the entire Ginger Snaps franchise. Yes. <laughs> it, but it's well shot, it's well acted, it's got a good soundtrack on it. It's got kind of that poppy punk soundtrack. Um, it's an incredibly fun movie and it is criminally under, I mean, you probably picked up the Blu-ray for like five bucks. Four, I, I yeah, four ninety-nine. Yeah, the unrated Blu-ray for four ninety-nine. Yeah. Um, because it's it, it's one of those ones that just kind of sits in bargain basements. And, and I got it as rated not for nudity. I was hoping it was going to be way more gory for the it unrated is. version. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, it's that film is severely <laughs> underrated. It, it this it will not surprise me if like a year or two from now it's part of a Screen Factory collector's now, edition. Okay. Just not to get too far off subject because this other movie is going to come up again. But Gender Snaps is one of those movies like, dude, I keep scratching my head why there's not a collector's edition box of that, that. box out of that. I'm wondering if it's like a, a rights issue yeah, or something. Um, uh, Wasn't that Dimension or 
Anchor Bay. I, I can't. I didn't scream. Scream Factory put out one of them. The first one, but yeah. the two and three. Two and three I had to buy now, on DVD. Now, see, yeah. two is my favorite of the three. Two is good. Two yeah. is fucking two is good. amazing. Three is interesting. It's kind of it's like weird. A, it's like a super <laughs> prequel, but it's like, the you know, Ginger Snaps the Legend. Where it came from, type of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. No, all, those all are three great. of them though. The thing about that series I like is all three of them are different from each other, and that they stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Like you could watch any one of those movies without having seen the other yeah. ones, and you're like, cool. Yeah, you know that's one thing I loved about the Ginger Snap series, and um, and the acting's fucking excellent in yeah. all three uh, of those I'm trying films. to remember the lead girl's name, but yeah. She's uh, like, Catherine, Catherine Isabella. Yeah, she's like Canadian uh, horror, horror, horror royalty, you know. Uh, who is, she was in, uh, for those of you who might have seen her, it's um, uh, American Mary. Mm-hmm. She's, she's American Mary, which I haven't seen, but I've heard everybody talking about. I... I enjoy it. I'm not a big fan of the Soska sisters. Yeah. They make good movies. Personally, they're horrible people. Yeah. From the sounds of it, they're like the essential mean girl click. Uh, but they're me- they're outcasts, so it's like, no, you should be like the good people. But I guess they're awful. Weren't they the ones that just did David Crow? They did Rabbit, Rabbit, and I actually Rabbit, enjoyed Rabbit. Rabbit. I thought it was really good. But yeah, just something, uh, they don't sound like good people yeah. to work for. So that was, uh, yeah, I can't remember the other girl's name. Emily something, mm. I think is her name. Yeah. Uh, and then you had... Um, Mary Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen. Yes, yeah. she's she's the mother. Mm-hmm. Great, great film. Anyway, so back on to track on this is uh, number seven was another one I just picked up the Scream Factory edition of, and I am holding off as much as I want to throw that in right now is uh, 2001's Thirteen Ghosts, which yes. I think is criminally underrated. That did make uh, number nine on my remakes list. I think that's a criminally underrated. I agree. Remake and very, very creative. Like excellent was, art design. So it was one of those movies. Like it's one of those movies. I I went back and forth on for a long time. I was like liked it, hated it, liked it, hated it. Didn't watch it for like six or seven years. Picked it up on VHS for a quarter. And threw it in just one day a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Damn, this, this is, is a really good movie." This is good. <laughs> so, Scream Factory just put out a loaded edition. I of still that. pick it up. Yeah, I'm like, ah, I'm buying that. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's on my to buy list. That's for sure. <laughs> Number eight's one that I absolutely adore, and I have not seen this. in... I had a copy of it. Let somebody borrow it. Never got it back, and I haven't seen it since then because it was never on anything. But I think it's on Amazon. Prime or Netflix right now, and that is Session 9 from 2001. Uh, Session 9 is uh, number 10 on my small independent films. Oh, what, dude, what a creepy-ass movie I, that is. I actually is. think, I think Screen Factory just put out, an, put out an edition of that like a year or two ago. And it's got, uh, if I'm, David Caruso, David Caruso, of all people, is fucking awesome. And it was funny, because it was David Caruso after he tried to make it big and failed. And he did this little indie film, yeah. and he's fucking excellent. One right? of the few horror films filmed in an actual, like, horror, like, insane Allegheny, asylum. The Allegheny Asylum in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, yeah. yeah. Like, before they had to demolish uh, not it. Allegheny, uh, Danver, Danver State Mental Health, which was right down the road from my cousin's house, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah before it got demolished, they got to make yeah. a film in it. Um... As people demolishing an insane asylum. Yeah. So, and oh, I just remember that movie just being like, not like jumpy, scary. It's unsettling. It's just one of those. It's like, oh, it's just 
like make your skin crawl, think about it long after the movie is over yeah. type unsettling. And if you don't have surround sound in your house, put in headphones to watch it. Oh yeah, that's one of those the sound, you want the sound, sound design is excellent on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of long, empty hallways with weird noises. I remember that being a lot like the uh, the original version of the Eye, mm-hmm. where sound plays a big factor in what makes it so creepy. Not the Jessica Alba version. <laughs> <laughs> no, the original version. Um, number nine is one I haven't seen yet, and I met, I was going to watch it last year, and I just never got to it. Uh, for the Horathon, and that is the Amityville Horror from 2005. That did not make my remake list, but it is a solid film. Um, See, I'd never seen the original Amityville films. If, honestly, if you're going to watch the Amityville films, watch Amityville 2. Okay. So much did better I, than uh, Amityville. The original one. Yes. About. Okay. The original Amityville Horror is honestly kind of dull. They, they basically did it on, this is based on a true story. So you get that kind of creep vibe. I mean, it, it had Margot Kiddo, Kiddo and um, James Brolin. So it had star power, but it's just kind of dull. Part two, though, much better. Like part two. And three was 3D. Ooh. I, I was going to say, that would have been right about with that big wave of 3D. So it's one that I, be, I meant to get to it last year, just never got to it. Uh, so this year, I was like, I'm going to watch that I one. I remember, uh, what's her name in it? Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz plays the young girl in that. And it's got Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. And who's the lead? I am forgetting who plays lady. the wife. Shit. It's not but, Jessica Biel. No. It's somebody. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a person. A, it's a good film. It was, an, it was definitely enjoyable. I watched that a couple years ago, and I did all remakes for the, for the uh, 30 days. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And uh, number 10 is probably, it's in... in which we have to do this sometime. I know you guys do a lot of Stephen King September on the Potato League Yes, podcast. it is cu- coming up soon. Um, but I would like to do one uh, of a top uh, top 15 Stephen King movies. Uh, and this is easily, in my this is in my top five. And that is 2007's The Mist. Uh, the Mist is <laughs> number three on my adaptation list. One of the... One of the few endings of a film that literally made me sick. And and King will admit that <laughs> ending is better than the ending. Oh, way better than the book. Because yeah. if the book, it's been a while since I read the book. If I remember it in the book, they just go across the bridge going into New Hampshire. They go off. Yeah, they just and that's go off pretty into much the it. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean is a fine ending for a, a book or a novella. For a novella, yeah. But Jesus, I remember watching this and just going, "What the fuck is happening? Oh, 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 God! Oh, yeah. oh God!" And then you're like. Oh, oh my god! Like, dude, it literally made me sick to my yeah, stomach. Yeah, that film, like, sticks with <laughs> you for a while. I, I remember my ex, we, her and I watched it, because she hadn't seen it, and I remember her, I mean, just sobbing at the end of it, yeah. like, just, like, that was, she's like, oh my god, why did you make me watch that? That yeah. didn't tell me, I was like, because I wanted you to, I didn't want to spoil it. And, <laughs> and the best thing they did with that movie is, especially now, on the Blu-ray, is the black and white version. Which, I've never watched the black oh, and white version, so I think you that's what I'm going need to do to. this year. Because my one problem with the film is the special effects on, like, the tentacles and stuff are not great. Because it's early, two th- it's, you know, 2000s special effects. They're not there yet. There was parts of it that I thought looked great. Yeah. There was parts of it that looked But in black and white, it looks excellent. See, I completely lost that problem. I always thought that was one of those movies, in a weird way, had that 1950s, like, drive-in movie vibe. 
What would really good actors? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what I do that recently with um, uh, Jason Part 6. Oh, yes. I turn the I, I desaturate the color on my TV whenever I watch that because it's very foggy in that film. Yeah. It, it's a little weird when they're playing paintball, you know, to see it in black and white. But I, I turn that down to black and white every time I watch that. And I recently redid this with The Nun, which I didn't really care for, but I took off out the color and it did a much better film. Gives it a whole different, a whole different look. So that was my ten, so let's All go right. through one of your lines. All right, we'll go through the four in one. Okay. Because I figured... If I'm going to do this, like, if someone's listening is like, oh, I like these kind of movies, which show. So if you're a foreign horror fan, if yeah. you're a foreign film fan, here you go. Uh, number 10, Under the Shadow. Which I have not seen. Um, it's an Iranian, it's an Iraqi, Iranian, Iranian film uh, about a, a woman and her young son who live in this building that might be haunted, but the, the it's undergoing, a, you know, a bombing throughout the film. Oh. So it's like, is it the bombing? Is it PTSD? Or is it really haunted? Um, and it, you know, kind of like, well, shit, this is what their lives were like when we were bombing the shit out of them. Uh, number nine, uh, I think this film was German, Goodnight Mommy. Uh, the director just recently did The Lodge, which is an American film. Which I heard is Which is enjoyable. Goodnight good Mommy, it's, um, it's got two creepy kids, which is always off to a good That's start. That's a standard. <laughs> their mother... Um, was a TV celebrity, and she gets, like, plastic surgery to her face, and the entire film she's wrapped in bandages, and these two young boys start to wonder if she really their mother. And what it's like as a young, what it would be like for a young kid to not recognize your own mother. Right. So it's kind of like an invasion of the pod people take thing, like, oh. is she really off, or are they just, their imagination's going wild with them, and it's got a good twist. Uh, number eight is the Cor Korean film, uh, Korea makes great horror films, South Korea, holy shit. Uh, the Wailing. It's about a small, it's small village with a police officer. I've heard, this one I have. There's heard some of, weird shit going on, and because it's Korean, I thought you were going to say Tale of Two Sisters. But. Well, that could also go on. <laughs> um, but because it's Korean, it's going to take just about every genre that they can and smush it into one film. Yeah. Um, anyone who's recently seen uh, Parasite. Um, I still have not seen that. It, it's it's hard to categorize because it's funny, but it's horrific, but it's a family drama. All, so many Korean films, including the next one, which is by the same director of Parasite, The Host. Awesome movie. Whoa, oh, The Host. Yeah. I, that's what I forgot it's, it's, all it, about. Yeah. It's uh, kind of, and which is one of the things that made me so happy that Parasite was getting all this attention, is because that director is really good. So I'm like, people are going to go check out Snowpiercer. Okay. They're going to go check out The Host. I just watched Snowpiercer for the first time not too long ago. Now, The Host, if I remember right, it's been a while since I've seen The Host. Is it kind of had like a uh, an Asian twist on where the wild things are, but with Godzilla. But with Godzilla, yeah. that's kind of what that. But like they're friends, the little girls kind of friends with this little monster thing, and then it takes her because there's yeah. But there's so much going on in that film. Yeah, I remember watching that going. What the hell did I just watch? But that was awesome. The wailing is the same, <laughs> same way. way. Where you just yeah, like, dear yeah. God. I need to watch this like three times just to get everything. Especially because, again, you're reading them. So it's like you don't catch everything that's happening on screen, and you're like, yeah, yeah. multiple views are nice. Uh, number six, one, this one's pretty popular. A lot of people have seen this. Wreck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sp Spanish, isn't it? Por Portuguese, maybe? I can't remember. It's Spanish language. Spanish though. language, yeah. 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 Um, 
But yeah, it was remade in the U.S. as Quarantine, which was fine. I've seen, now see, I've seen Quarantine, but I've never seen Wreck. Wreck is, like most remakes, so much better than the remake. Yeah. Uh, absolutely terrifying. Uh, found footage, it all takes place in one building. Uh, these people that live in an apartment complex, they get quarantined, yeah. and there's something loose in the building. Oh. <laughs> uh, number five was a French film, Raw. Um... I about a uh, young girl who goes off to school. You just watched this fairly recently. I, I, I rewatch this like once a year almost, yeah. it seems like. Um, turns out her family's cannibal. And eating... Uh, she's a vegetarian. She's been a vegetarian all her life. And as part of a hazing prank at college, she has to eat uh, like a, some animal's liver or something like that. Yeah. And it kind of awakens that thing. So much like Ginger Snaps, it's kind of playing on that awakening womanhood... Uh, what it's like to be a woman in... She's a veterinarian school, so there's it's very heavily male-dominated. Right. Um, there's hazing going on, and all of a sudden she finds out, okay, I'm a cannibal, I need to eat some flesh. This isn't good. Uh, number four, which is one of the most visually disturbing films I've ever seen, Baskin. This have is not, like, this is like Croatian, I think. I have not seen it. I remember hearing a lot of people saying how, like, messed up the movie well, for, it's, was. It's, uh, the basic plot is three detectives find a gateway to hell and go in. Oh, okay. And shit goes really fucking As weird. one would expect when you yeah. go into a gateway to hell. Uh, <laughs> number three is Guillermo del Toro's Devil's Backbone. Which I have not. That's one of the few del Toro flicks story. I have not it's seen. Phenomenal ghost story. Uh, number two... Just when you think of the zombie genre, something like this comes along. Train to Busan. Which I did not watch. Oh. I started one. You actually, I think you gave me a Blu-ray of that. Yeah. Um, I started it. This. <laughs> like a lot of people. Make your amends, sir. Like a lot of people. I think I, I have to be in the mood for subtitles. Like, I can't. There's. Anything with subtitles, like, I can't just throw it on. Yeah, it's tough. And I hate watching stuff in dubbing, English dubbing, if I've never watched the subtitled first. Mm. So, I started watching it, I got about 20 minutes into it, and I'm like, this looks really cool, and I can kind of kind of get an idea where this is going, but I'm like, I can't spend two hours watching mm. subtitles tonight, it's just not happening. You, you need to remedy this, because uh, <laughs> it's one of the best zombie films of the past 20 years. Because one of my all-time favorite yeah. films is uh, Battle Royale. Yeah. You know. Battle Royale is good. And that was one of those ones, like, I prefer it with the subtitles over yeah. the dub. I always prefer subtitles. Um, but the the gist of this is a young man, uh, well, not young, he's a young dad, uh, has to take his young daughter to his now ex-wife's house on this train to Busan. Uh, then a zombie outbreak happens. And, like, much like you said, like Snowpiercer, it's contained to that one train. Yeah. And they've got to pretty much make it from one end to the next, and there's zombies everywhere. Uh, it's very unique. Uh, great characters. You end up loving some of these characters and hating some of them so hard, even though you just got But I think you had, I, I think in a lot of times, especially in horror movies, I feel like it almost works better when you have that, that dichotomy of characters mm -hmm. where you've got the ones you hate and the ones you like instead of just liking all of them. So mm -hmm. when they get off, there's no, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, my favorite thing about the remake of House of Wax is seeing Paris Hilton get off. Yeah. 
Like, dude, I was like, yes, I hate that bitch. Yeah, no, you need it every once in a while. <laughs> you know, yeah, but you almost need that, so I think that's that's good to have, yeah. Yep, and then the number one foreign film over the past 20 years, uh, it is one of the leading films of the new French extremity, Martyrs. Have not seen that one. It's one of those that once you watch it, you don't know if you ever need to watch it again. Yeah. And I, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough to watch visually because there's some gruesome shit. The entire plot of the film is there's this young girl who was kidnapped, held hostage and kind of tortured for a little while. She escapes. Years later, finds out who did it to her and goes back to unleash her revenge. And then there's another thing. <laughs> um, it's hard to watch, but it is, it's one of those films that philosophically is brilliant. Yeah. It's, it stays with you. It's one of those... Like, you show it to someone who's never seen it before, and they're just like, I don't know what I can do with my life right now. Like, I just have to kind of sit here with it. And think about do you have a blankie? Um, I just need to... Can I please watch something? Can I can watch some Parks and Rec, please? Um, I need something soft and fuzzy yes, after this uh, is over. But then the more you think about it, you're just like, that film did things to me, and what? that's what you want films to do. What and the thing is, okay. Oh, and do not watch the American remake. Oh, oh okay. not good. <laughs> uh, you know, and this is this is the thing with that is <sighs> you're speaking of films like that, and I think that's why films like Texas Chainsaw have stuck around so long mm. because it, there's a lot going on to that outside of just like the visceral shit you're seeing. The more you watch it, yeah, there's just there's. So much going on in that film. The, oh, the freakiest part of Texas Chainsaw for me is not any of the violence. It's when she finally escapes and she's in the back of the truck and she can't stop laughing. Like, like that is haunting. Yeah. Like th you're like that girl is never going to be the same ever. Her her life as she knew it is over and she got away. Yeah. But she isn't going away unscathed. Right. The mental scarring is yeah. there permanently. <laughs> all right. That's that's my 10. So okay. On so, to 10 more from you. All right. There's a lot of remakes on here because if any of you didn't realize... Well, then I'll have my remake list handy. For some of our, for some of our younger listeners out there, um, which is could be anyone that's under 30 or, <laughs> you know. Uh, so... The early to mid-2000s especially were very heavy on the remakes, especially of classic mm -hmm. 70s cinema, even some early 80s cinema. Uh, so number 11 is one of my favorites, and that is 2006's The Hills Have Eyes, which I actually no, prefer over the original. I prefer it over the original, as to be do, honest as with you. As do I. Um, Alexander yeah, Aha, just... Yeah, ugh. the original is like hallowed ground, Wes Craven, but I no. I like the remake. And I like the Wes Craven version, yeah. don't get me wrong, but this remake is brutal. Mm -hmm. uh, number 12. Now, okay, number 12, this is a, a remake, but it was one of those rare franchises that sprung out of a movie from the 2000s, and that is Wrong Turn from 2003. Oh, I, I almost had Wrong Turn 2. Two. Well, okay, <laughs> this is what I was just going to say. I've been debating which one I want to watch. Do I want to watch one or two? 
I liked both of them a lot. Uh, two... If you just look forward, you will see why I always want to watch number two. Well, two, because if <laughs> one, Henry Rollins is an Exactly. He's fucking awesome. Uh, but, I'm a big fan of Joe Lynch, the guy that directed that film mm-hmm. as well. And that was his first movie. Yeah. Uh, but, there, man, there's just something about two. Like, one is just... It's, it's just pretty brutal. It's it's got a very much that Texas Chainsaw kind of vibe to it. Two, two has as more. As weird as it is to say, it's a little more fun. No, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's got a that. More fun. It's got that Joe Lynch sense of humor to it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got it's got that dark sense it's, of humor. Yeah, it's not slapsticky, <laughs> but there's yeah. It's got the sense of humor that us that grew up on '80s slashers and horror. It's like comparing Texas Chainsaw Massacre one to two. Yes. There, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. One is dark and brutal. That's a great comparison. One is dark and brutal, yeah. and the other one's a little more self-aware and funny. But still brutal. But still brutal. <laughs> right. So, I, I was really, that's one thing I was debating when I put that out there. I'm like, I may just watch two instead of one, or I may watch both. I, actually, I haven't seen either I, one I haven't of them seen all of them, because I think they're up to like six now. Or seven or eight But or Walmart, I picked up like the wrong turn one through six collection for like yeah. 12 bucks. I will eventually watch... Three, four, five, and six. Yeah. But it's well, it's one of those like, like you know what you're gonna get every time. It's gonna be a cannibal family. Well, it's with tourists. It's it's the modern Friday the Thirteenth kind of ideal of yeah. you basically are gonna be in that safe space with a slight change to the storyline. Yeah. You know, uh, number thirteen from two thousand five, which I just mentioned about Paris Hilton. Uh, was House of Wax. Which was, a, that was a good remake. It really was. It's one that I wish they would have gone a little heavier with, as much as I hate to say it, because it's a good film as is, but I would have liked to see it be a little more, a little more violence in it, to be honest with you, for the, what that film is. Yeah. I felt like they went there at times, and then they shied away from it. Mm-hmm. In other spots, yeah, and it's like, dude, I think if they had gone just a little bit more lean, hardcore, leaned into it, leaned lean into, into it, it just a little bit more, yeah. that would be one of those films everybody talks about. Yeah. You know, I got the poster on the wall. I absolutely adore the poster. Yeah, it's a great poster. That's one of my favorites. And there were some great posters. scenes in the scene. You know, when the wax is peeling off. Oh, yeah. you know, there's there's great scenes in it, but it was one of those. It was kind of up and down. Yeah. Um. A Stephen King film that I have not seen from 2007, 1408, is number 14 on my list. Did not make my list, because honestly, half my adaptations were Stephen King adaptations. Well, I could have gone very heavily with that myself, so... Um, But, 1408 is enjoyable. Um, Good cast. You can't go wrong with John Cusack and Sam Jackson. You just can't. Um, Not one of my favorite adaptations, but again, there's a lot. Yeah. But I own it. It's good. I would like to see a better edition of it put out, you know. I just bought a basic DVD. Yeah, that's for like $2. That's what I have, and I think I bought it for two ninety seven dollars Number 15 is a franchise from 2008, and one that I have not watched in a while. Specifically for, because this film gives me fucking motion sickness, and that is Cloverfield from 2008. Almost made my list. Almost made it. (laughs) The, th- this is this is a tale of two films for me. The first half of that movie, I feel like I'm going to puke the whole time. The second half of the film, I'm like, this is badass. Yeah. So it's almost like one of those, like, I kind of, like, half-watched the first, and I don't revisit it often for that reason. I, I almost never revisit it, because I like... Oh, 
I didn't include one of my list anywhere. Uh, I like I like Cloverfield Lane better. Cloverfield Lane is like a ten out of ten. Yeah, for me, that just because is John Goodman is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I somehow okay, that that's, whole that's cast, number sixteen on that my whole list. cast in that film. I mean, yeah. there's basically three people in that cast, and all of them are fucking amazing. Yeah, but John Goodman plays such a good psycho that it's. Because he plays a personable psycho. He's such a criminally underrated actor. Oh, gee. Uh, Speaking of that, if you guys like Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane, uh, listen to the recent Faculty of Horror podcast. Yes, I actually Which was excellent, which is actually... But I I was like, that didn't make me think of Cloverfield, but just the Cloverfield Lane and talking about that, um, which was great. I just finished that up. Um, Number 16 is one of my favorite fun horror films of the 2000s, and that is 2007's Planet Terror. I did not include that. That wow. is that's such that's a, a great fun, film. That's a fun film. That is... It borders on it borders on even legit being horror. It's got zombies, or playing, It's got zombies, it's got some gross-out shit in it. It's got Clint, Quentin Tarantino's balls melting off, uh, and Rose McGowan being a badass, and Robert Rodriguez making... Basically telling the world to go fuck themselves at the time. Oh, well, Robert Rodriguez was essentially telling Harvey Weinstein to go fuck himself at that time. Because he... I mean, we all know now Harvey Weinstein's a despicable human being. Scumbag, yes. Um, And he particularly had blacklisted Rose McGowan because she wouldn't fuck him. Um, But she just happened to be dating Robert Rodriguez at that time. So he was like... I'm going to make this movie with with, with Rose McGowan. It's awesome. And uh, Weinstein tried to talk him up. He's like, why are you trying to talk? Trying to basically get him to fess up yeah. being an asshole, but he didn't. So, you know, he still made the movie, and the Weinsteins had to pay for it. Um, and then they tanked it by not marketing and it. And she is fucking badass yeah. in that movie. That's a fun... That's a fun film where I wish the quote-unquote missing reels weren't missing. Yeah. I would watch a two-hour version of that and be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even like the the the, the non grindhouse cut of it, it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, but and I mean, out of the two, out of the two, honestly, and I'll probably get shit for this. Out of Death Proof and that, I actually prefer Planet Terror. Oh no, I do. Too. Planet Terror is a way funner film to me. Death Proof is badass. Don't get me wrong. The problem with that with that film for me, they played it in the wrong order. Yeah, because if you went and saw if you went and saw the grindhouse double feature, they played Planet Terror and then they played Death Proof. So here's Planet Terror, just a fun movie that gets you, like, all jacked up and excited, and then you're introduced to 45 minutes of a Quentin Tarantino talking film. Yeah. They needed to put this the other way around. Right. Because when I first watched it, I did not care for Death Proof. Yeah. But then I went, when they put them out separately, I watched it, and I'm like, no, this is a good film. It just shouldn't have It been. just should not have followed, <laughs> right. it should have not come after Planet Terror. Right. Because it colored that for me, and... Planet Terror is just I mean, so much balls out fun. I mean, Literally at times, balls out fun. You're getting you're getting into semantics with with uh, Quentin Tarantino films when when you start talking this, but I think that's honestly one of his lesser films. Oh, it as is. Far it as, is. It's probably my least favorite of his. It's it's. Uh, but even saying least favorite Quentin Tarantino film, I would still give it yeah. like an eight out of ten. Oh yeah, you know it's still badass, but it's just and uh, okay. So next film. Which I think is a remake of a foreign film, and that is 2009's The Uninvited. Was that a remake of What the Right One? Or what? No, Let Me In is the remake of What okay, the Right One. Okay, okay. 
The uninvited? I don't know if that was... It could have been, because a lot of stuff wasn't. Okay, so real quick, day and talk, so we're not... Okay, um... I mean... I I want to talk about Let Me In, but that's later on my list. Uh, I believe that's also on my list. But yeah, there were so... Especially the early 2000s, um, that's when the J-Horror... Because it all started off with The Ring, which I think was 2000. Where every Japanese horror film or Korean horror film okay. was getting remade, so it would not surprise me if The Uninvited was a remake no, no, of like no, a Japanese no, no, no. horror film. I'm, I'm trying to do this on the PLP's 2018 app of the year <laughs> on Letterbox. <laughs> on Letterbox, app of the decade, app sir. Of the decade. Maybe I should do this on IMDb. So that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> ah. Invited. 2009. I said that's not the one with the cat on the ship. No, that's Ghost Ship. No, no, there's another one. I I believe it's called Oh, oh yeah. Um, Yes, because I actually own that because um, Vinegar Syndrome just put that out and I haven't watched it yet. Uh, Okay, The Uninvited. Yeah, um... Anna returns home after stint in a mental hospital, but her recovery is Yeah, because it's originally based on the Ji Woon Kim film Changhua Hungryong. I, so it is a remake. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember... Uh, from the sounds I, of that dude's name, a Korean flick. Uh, yeah. So, and this sounds about right, because 2000... Uh, that 2000, probably, what was it, 5 to about oh, 2000? it's the remake of A Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> Japanized by a cruel stepmom, ghastly visions of her dead mother. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen this this version, so I, I might have to watch it. I have it. not seen it. It's PG-13, hour and 27 minutes. Uh, so that's on there. So that was one of those ones, and it was like, I've never seen it, mm-hmm. but I remember a lot of people talking about it, yeah. and I love the cover. Mm-hmm. The cover has a very Poltergeist-esque feel to it. Um, Such a good cover. Number 18, which we kind of talked about, uh, was 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. which... Just missed my remake list. Not as... <laughs> Not as good as the original yeah. because you just can't replicate the yeah. original. I tried to leave off atmosphere. most of the Platinum Dunes remakes, even though they're all solid. They really were. That that's one of my. It's it, to me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's not as again what we were talking about. I don't feel like it's anywhere near as visceral and brutal as mm. the original. It's brutal in different ways, yeah. but not. You know, Not in theme. Yeah, uh, but it was one I enjoyed, and I, I remember going and seeing, part of the reason this is a favorite, I went with a bunch of my friends. Most of them were not horror fans, <laughs> and I remember looking over at my buddy Eric, who's pretty much, doesn't watch horror, and he is basically curled up in a ball yeah. while we're watching this oh, film, yeah. because there's some fucking brutal stuff in that movie. I had an amazing know? trailer, too. And I loved Andrew Bernsky, his, his yeah. other face. I thought he was great. Yeah. I just hate Eric Balfour. In everything. So for me, it's tough to watch anything with him in it. So you're not a big fan of Haven, huh? Nope. <laughs> nope. I just... I don't I don't know what about his face just makes me want to kick it. Who does he remind you of from our childhood? That's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> I can't place why, but every time I see him, I just have that visceral, I want to kick him. You know? And it's not that he's bad. He's a good actor. He's good in every... He often see, I'm, plays, very, I'm very indifferent. He often him. plays the douchebag. So, Which I, he's, I don't know. He is in, is he in Ross? Or is that Jeremy Sisto? I think Sisto was Who is another one that kind of falls into that category of guys. It's like, 
Well, yeah. Ogden Effie likes Zisto for some reason. See, I'm but, yeah. the opposite. He also plays the creepy guy 90% of the time. All right, somebody just bought our new album on Bandcamp. Woo-hoo! So while we're at that, uh, it. I gotta plug this while I, we just got that. Uh, pre-orders for the new In the Kingdom of Nightmares album, Requiem, is available for pre-order on Bandcamp. You can get it, that's In the Kingdom of Nightmares, Bandcamp, uh, in the Kingdom of Nightmares.bandcamp.com, $5, drops August 28th. It will be available across all digital platforms on that day as well. But... We spent a lot of money on this album. Buy it, people. Produced Five by bucks. Produced Buy by it. Evan Sammons uh, from Last Chance to Reason. I did Gomashi, not actually. Myth of I. Uh, he's worked with Death Angel. He's worked with a lot of big bands. I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I didn't know it was out for pre-order yet. So. Yes, it is available for pre-order. Five dollars. Um, I'm pretty sure I have. We the basically band. are not going to be playing. Any yeah. shows for any of the first two We are doing one in September. It's a socially distanced outdoors type thing. So we can get away with it. Uh, you will be required to wear a mask if you do go. And it's limited capacity, all that good stuff. But um, that's our only show for the year and our physical CD release party. <laughs> uh, but that's probably our only show until probably spring or summer of next year if we are lucky. I thought for sure I had the band camp out. Uh, oh, well. I will download it so I can order it. We, uh, so yeah, this is, I mean, I don't expect to make all of our money back on this, but man, it would be nice to at least pay for some of this, yep. some of our studio costs. So anyway, back to the movie thing. I just had to plug that because it reminded me of it. Uh, 2006 is criminally underrated. Absolutely one of my favorite films of Tommy the last 20 years. And that is Slither. Slither? Which is... So gross and so awesome. Number just, six on my horror comedies. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. So awesome. It's it's one of those films... I don't find it gross because of the... the uh, I don't find it gross because of, like, the... I, I'm trying to think how to word this and not sound like it's a total schmo. It's icky. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a gross film as in... Not... Horror movie splatter gross. Yeah, you well, know how you some f- of that is. But you know how you felt when you first saw the leech scene in Stand by Me, and you fi- and you figure out that there's a leech on Will Wheaton's penis. Yeah, that's how this movie makes you feel all, all the, the time. Way oh, and yeah, it's it's so good. Michael Rooker is awesome. Yes, <laughs> so good in this. The whole cast is great. But brought to you by Guardians of the Gar- Guardians of the Galaxies, James, James Gunn. Gunn. That's right. <laughs> it's. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy and that's all you know him from, probably not a good idea to watch that one. No, it's a great idea. Watch it. Uh, watch it. One that I was so excited to see when it came out, and I never got to see it, and then I promptly did as I do, completely forgot about it until I was looking through the list <laughs> and trying to figure out what I was going to watch this year. And that's two th- uh, 2008's Pontypool. Pontypool is number nine on my small independent because list. Because the guy that directed that directed a movie called Hardcore Logo that I absolutely adore. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and it's just a very interesting horror movie because it's a zombie film where you don't really see the zombies. Takes it, place in a radio station. It takes place in a radio station. <laughs> uh, the DJ is Stephen McHattie, who's just a wonderful character actor. Um, best known for most people for the film uh, History of Violence. Screaming coffee, um, and then getting killed. Um, just character actor. He's been in a ton of shit, but yeah, he he plays a 
kind of an I miss in the morning type of radio jock. Um, and the, the zombie virus is passed on through language. Um, so when you start, it, it, basically when you start sounding like you're having a stroke because you're misplacing words or you're using the wrong words, you're starting to become susceptible to become I was going to say, is this why, is, does this take place where the, where the Franco language is saving the world because <laughs> English is, tra- uh, I don't know, yeah. I don't remember a lot about it. I remember seeing a trailer for this and going, that's a really cool It, idea. it is a Canadian <laughs> film. You know, that's, um, that's why I mentioned that, because it, I, I yeah, know the whole no, Canadian it's a, angle. It, I think it's a, not the scariest of horror films, but it's such a universal film. For some film. really dumb reason, I think Bill Mosley was originally supposed to play the DJ Wouldn't in that surprise film. me, he would have fit in that perfectly. Because I, rem- I think that's how I remember first hearing about it when it was in production. And that he was attached to it to play the lead or something. It's based on a book, and I cannot remember the name of the book for the life of me. Uh, it's actually, and I think that guy actually wrote a series of books based on that idea. Um, uh, I remember the aforementioned, um, Jesus, I'm listening again. <laughs> Faculty of Horror actually did an episode on Pontypool. Oh, really? I, yeah. I so after you see it, that, you'll have to go back and. and I was going to say out. that must be an old. It is. Old it's episode. an old one. Yeah. But it's really good. Okay, so that was my, my right. next 10. So, so I'm on to Dan's next We're on to my remakes list. <laughs> um, again, I tried to keep out... <sighs> Jeez, apparently my nose is full of dust at the moment. Or Dan's got the COVID. I'm going to put yeah, him down. Uh, <laughs> um, or I could just be infecting everyone through the radio waves like Pontypool. That's rare. Uh, I tried to steer clear of most of the Platinum Dunes just because they were ubiquitous. They were everywhere. Everyone knows those ones. Yeah. Um, it's not to say I didn't include some. <laughs> uh, my number 10 is the George Romero remake oh the remake of the George Romero The Crazies with uh, Timothy Oliphant yes I've only seen it once absolutely adore it um, I remember being very indifferent about it when I saw it because I watched it shortly after I watched the original yeah. and I also feel very indifferent about the original so <laughs> it's kind of like uh, number 9 is the previously mentioned 13 Ghosts yeah Number eight, I'm kind of cheating because it's not a remake, more as it is a continuation, but I consider all of them pretty much remakes at this time. Uh, the most recent, Halloween. Yes. Um, David uh, Gordon Green. It's a good film. I really enjoyed it. It is a continuation that skips everything after Halloween 1. But I'm I, I'm including it as a remake because yeah. it's my goddamn list. That's right. Uh, I actually thought about putting that one on there, but I have watched that like four times since it's come out, so I'm kind of... Yeah, you're, you're through with it for a I'm while. I'm through with it for a little bit, yeah. Uh, number f- number seven is The Ring. Number eight, The Hills Have Eyes. Number five, Dawn of the Dead. Number four, this one does not get watched nearly enough, um, Maniac. See, I've never seen either. Oh my god. You, never seen either one. You need to watch both, honestly. I've heard um, they're both awesome. They're both awesome and they're, and they're, they're both right. different. Yeah. Uh, the first one uh, is a 19... 19- Joe early, early 1980s <laughs> sleazy Joe Spinellville. You have no problem and believing was that, that. Was that who directed that? Was it Abel Ferrara? No, like, I'm thinking like William Lustig or something. Yes, the Lustig. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, right. it's one of those early 80s movies where it's filmed on location in New York and everything just feels dirty. And then you look at Joe Spinell, it was just a sweaty, <laughs> creepy mess. And you're like, yep, this to me, this could have been real. Joe Spinell. Also known for a film that I just watched recently, Rocky. 
Uh, also, The Godfather. I, the dude's been in some quality been, shit. He's been in some good movies. A lot of, a lot of Academy Award winning type films, yeah. Uh, but this remake was the one starring um, Elijah Wood, who, if most people don't know, is a massive horror fan. He does a lot of horror. There's one called yeah. uh, Come to Daddy that I've been yeah. meaning to check and he, out. And uh, his uh, film company, Spectrovision, yeah. does a lot of horror films. But And I think... Was I think Aja might have been a producer on this, maybe, or I'm, I'm confusing it with another one, maybe. But regardless, incredibly well done. It's all first person point of view. Oh, cool. all of it, ever except for a few shots here and there. But it, it's one of those where I watched the making of, and the making of was just fascinating. It's like, because it it was like really. How, how did you get this made? That's the thing. It's like some of the like it's Elijah Wood, and you would see him in the mirror, yeah. but you wouldn't see the camera. Uh, his hands were the hands that would pop up in view. Yeah. But it's like, he's not holding the camera. So they did some really neat stuff making that film. Uh, number three, a uh, remake that I did not think was going to be any good, but it was amazing, The Evil Dead. Yes. That's that's another one. That's one I, again, I forgot all about going through my list, is uh, very different from the original. Yep. But stands on its own two feet, and I really wish we would have got a sequel to that. I know. It deserved it. Um, especially if you can get the unrated cut that's, like, available now. Because at first it wasn't available. I might have that one because I just picked it up. You probably do. It came out a couple years ago. I say the last couple of years I picked that one up. Um, this one I kind of cheated with because it was the remake because I would have also put the original on the foreign list. Uh, Let Me In. Yeah. And Let The Right One In. Yeah. Uh, just fin- based on the book by, so it could have also been in the adaptation. Uh, by John Vinklist. I guess he's Norwegian. I was going to say, I think it's Danish. Isn't yeah, it? something. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just an, an amazing... And I really like... Matt Reeves did the American remake, and it's just an amazing film about, if anything, crippling loneliness. And what it's like when you're lonely and you have that one friend, yeah. and something just isn't quite right with that one friend. But they're still your friend. But they're your friend. They're your ride or die. You're going yeah. with them. Your ride or die just might happen to be a vampire. You know? <laughs> um, and then this is the newest movie on my list. And this floored me how good it was. Um, the newest Blumhouse released, Invisible Man. Have not seen that yet. It's amazing. Lee Whannell uh, wrote and directed it. He's just, he's good. He can do some shit. Uh, starring Elizabeth um, Moss, who's just a phenomenal actress. This film is... What happened, what would happen if a, like, just a sociopathic kind of rich, entitled bastard like Elon Musk could become invisible? Like, what would he do to a woman who had wronged him? So that that's what this plays on. It's not the Claude Rains, the guy's just a bastard. Right. It's the, he, this guy has a problem with women. And he has a, he's controlling and he's abusive. And this woman gets away from him. And then he figures out a way to make himself invisible. How would he... What would he do to fuck her life up? Not just, you know, get back at her, but how would he yeah. fuck her up? That's one I'm, I may have to throw on my list because it's one, again, now it's interesting to hear it from your perspective because you and I know each other well enough, so we kind of know, like, our horror movie, horror movie stuff. Mm-hmm. I have to mute this thing real quick or I'm going to have 800 posts. Man, chat. Uh, <laughs> so. They, uh, you know, it's one of those things, like, it's, I've, I've heard very mixed reviews 
about it from people. Like, people really seem to dig it, or they hate it. Yeah. You usually don't... I will say, honestly, most of Dan doesn't scare me too wrong <laughs> as far as, like, horror movies yeah. go. Well, I think a lot of the people who dislike it, it's not a slasher film. It's not gruesome. It's, 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 psycho psycholog it's psychologically it's fucks yeah. with you. And again, horror has a problem with women. Always has. Always has. Always has. And here's a film which is all about the woman's point of view and how men have wronged her. Even and a lot of guys have problem watching that because they get all defensive. It's the not all men crowd. Not all men would be that awful, that woman. Well, guess what? You're right, but that one sure as fuck is. Well, yeah. And I mean, guess what? We all know that guy. Speaking of Alexander Aja, another movie that he did that you could, I guess, would fall into a 2000s movie that was, uh, is High Tension. Yep. And that's another movie that's very, I, I feel like it's a very girl power movie, but at the same time, <laughs> it's also not. Yes. It's, that's a, that's a weird, yeah. that walks a also weird Also part line. of the new French extremity. That movie, walks yes. a very weird line. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's female empowering and not always in the right, right way. way <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, that's a but great movie. I yeah. really like that movie. Uh, Aha will make another appearance on this list as well. That guy's a great. Uh, he is. I oh. would rewatch uh, Piranha. Oh, Piranha's so much fun. Damn but, it, uh, why didn't I put that on my remake <laughs> yeah, list? I was going to say... That, okay, the craziest has now been re replaced with Piranha. Yeah. I just re recently watched that, so it's probably not on my list for this year. Um, so was that your ten? That was yeah. the ten. Yeah. All right. So from here on, basically, is movies from like 2010 to current, mm -hmm. um, because I have seen a lot of those movies from 2000 to 2010. I went through a three or four year period, like I said, where I didn't watch quite as much mm -hmm. horror, and I missed a lot of stuff, and there's been, it seems like in the last four or five years, there's just been such a ridiculous volume of movies coming mm -hmm. out that I forget about movies almost as fast as they're coming out. Either that or I'm just getting old and forgetful. Could be a combination of both. Well, horror's big with the VOD. Yeah. Um, and it's honestly where most horror films should be made. Because well, you, if you've got a small, a relatively modest budget, you can make a VOD film and make some really good stuff. And there's been some of my absolute, if I had, you know, if I did a even top hundred films, which we'll have to do. You and I need to do just a top hundred, not horror movies, but film films. Then we did a top hundred horror a yeah. couple of years ago. Yeah. But just... I still have films. that list on my phone. I was going to say, I probably still have mine somewhere. It's in my book. But, uh, yeah, um, some of my absolute, would probably make my top 100 films of all time have come out in the last yeah. 10 years. And they're horror films. Or horror comedies. Or, you know, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Which Just, might come up later. Absolutely. <laughs> dude, that's one of those movies I can rewatch and rewatch, And I still, it's... The closest thing that I have seen to Return of the Living Dead, as far as rewatchability and just yeah. sheer fun, and still being awesome, and still having some badass. Oh, lore. especially coming from where we come, you know, from rural Maine, we know those guys. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. We know <laughs> yeah. those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I may have seen a few camps that look like the camp and yeah. that, you know, in my day. Yeah, you, you go know? to Scudic, you're meeting those dudes. <laughs> so, and Alan Tudyk, and um, I'm trying to remember the. Um, Oh, other guy. guys, Tyler, Tyler Laban, yeah, 
who I absolutely love in everything that he's in. Uh, but yeah, Chakradil versus Evil. One of, I don't have this on my list because I watch that on the regular. The I watch it at least once or twice a year because yeah. I adore that film. Uh, so we're going to get into some films that I either haven't seen, been a while since I've seen, or I've only seen once and want to revisit it. Um, this first one not being the exception because I've watched it like three times since it came out and it surprised the shit out of me. Speaking of Alexandra Aja, uh, and that would be 2001's Crawl, uh, 2019's Crawl. Which is number nine on my mainstream list. So good. Yes. I expected this movie to suck, to be honest with you. He was attached to it, but just the whole premise. I'm like, dude, this is going to be dumb. I'm yeah. not going to like this. I watched it and I was like, he, he, the whole he knows time. what He knows what to do with what he's got. It was one of those stupid, fun movies. Yeah. Is it a great movie? No. Yep. Is it fun? Is it probable? No, probably not. <laughs> Is it problematic in some of the what happens? Uh-huh. But it's fun. For 90 minutes, care. you're totally into it. And that's one of the great things about it. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Yep. It, once that, after that first 50 minutes, it's just go, It's one of the go, best go, things go, about go, horror go. movies. 90 minutes. So many of them. And my attention span and time as I get older... Yeah. I enjoy those. Looking at you, Conjuring <laughs> 2. I don't need a two and a half hour long movie. 2019's one that I I, I own it. have not watched it yet because when I bought it, I had it in mind that I wanted to keep it fresh for this year. And that is 2019's Brightburn. Did not make my list. Oh, that could have been an adaptation, too. No, that wasn't an adaptation. I tell you back, that was just a original idea. But good. Yeah. And it's one of those ones, like, I've wanted to watch it, but I'm like, I'm going to hold off on that because I think I want to watch that this year. For, yeah. you know, it's a my, solid film. Uh, number 23 is one of my favorite films, and I think it's because I got to watch it in the theater, and it was probably the best theater-going experience I've had in the last 20-something years. And that is 2018's A Quiet Place. That is... Oh... <laughs> number 11 on my best of the best that movie in the theater was like one of the best things because there was so much tension because you were just waiting for somebody to make a noise so you could scream oh yeah at <laughs> i remember i saw that and it wasn't a, a i when i saw it, it wasn't a very full theater it was packed but i had to sit in the front row because oh. there was no seats left because oh. i saw it in like a, a matinee like <laughs> so there weren't many people there but i remember there was a person at the front eating popcorn, <laughs> and they were eating, like, one piece of popcorn every five minutes. <laughs> they didn't want to make... Because well, the film... And I'm like, that's the biggest trick that film pulled, is it made an entire theater for people shut, shut the up. fuck up well, for an hour and a half. So, funny story to get off, get off the rail here for a second. So, there was only, like, four seats, four or five seats left, and, uh, went in the theater, and it was all front row seats. And... So we got there, sat down, and the last people, it's, you could tell, no offense to any of our older listening audience, but it was grandma and grandpa just picked a movie to go see, <laughs> you know, and they come in with their arm full of snacks and sodas, and you start watching it, and the guy's talking to the wife, and I'm just like, oh no, it's going to be one of those. What's going on in this scene, Margaret? I don't understand. Yeah. About three minutes into it, the wife looks at him and says, shut up. Nice. And 
no sound for the rest of it. She's like, you need to shut up. The people are going to get mad. Blah, 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 blah. Every, you could tell everybody was just... I looked around. You could just see, like, the glare. In the darkness, you could see the glare from people just yeah. like... Oh. But, um... Yeah. That film's a miracle. It to, really was. It had no reason to be as good as it is. Oh, and it's so good. It's John so Krasinski good. out of all I know. people. You know? Uh, <laughs> 2017... Yeah, Cold Skin, which is what I have oh, seen. Oh, yes. I've been, and I've I, heard good things. That is, I mean, it, that would make a good double feature with The Lighthouse. That's, uh, yeah, um, I was thinking, which I haven't seen. Yeah, the it's, it's, it's very here, so. Lovecraftian, very fucking weird. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's incredibly well done. It's one of those ones that was made, damn it, that could have made my low budget ones. Um, Fish people. <laughs> it's not made for a lot of money. It's got like a single location, but they make the most of what they had, and that film is good. I've Love heard, it. and that's why. I, and that again, that's one I forgot about. And I was looking at through the list. I was like, oh shit, I need to put that one yep, on my list. That's a good watch. Um, a film for 2014, which I'm going to have to look up just to give some people a synopsis because I don't think it's one of those films. Uh, and it's, um, I hate trying to spell this word. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> From 2014, a film called Indigenous. Indigenous? A group oh. of friends travel to Panama where they convince a local woman to guide them into the jungle. However, when their guide goes missing, they realize that they've stumbled into the lair of a horrific, bloodthirsty creature. Dude, you have 100% stumped me. <laughs> I have, I have no idea what this This was. was on Netflix for a while. It was one of those ones I had in my queue and just never watched it. Because I thought it looked kind of like... It gave me that very direct-to-video vibe. Like, this could be awesome. And it's from what year? 2014. I was like, this could be awesome, or this is going to be just garbage. I don't think there's going to be any in-between with it. It's going to be one of those gems, or it's just going to be... I'm going to have to check that out, because like I said, I, I, this, you stumped me. I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So, the next film is another remake, uh, and it's a film that I just watched for the first time last year, the original version of, and that was, it's a remake of Cannibal Holocaust, which, yeah, I'm glad I watched it, never will watch that film ever, ever again. Not because any of the violence bothered me, but the animal killing shit bothered me really bad. The rest of the stuff, I'm like, no, that's yeah. fine. She's getting raped with a wooden fucking stake that's horrid and grotesque and awful. Didn't, that didn't bother me. Them killing the turtle and the fucking hedgehog oh, yeah. bothered me really badly. They just actually <laughs> did a version, because they, they watched this for uh, Joe Bob's at the drive-in yeah. this past summer. And you can actually just watch the Joe Bob parts of it if you want. Like, normally in order to watch, you'd have to watch the whole movie with the Joe Bob parts yeah. in his first. Yeah. But they're like, for those of you who've seen this movie, who don't want to watch it again, here's here's just the spots. Um, And I bought the a collector's edition Blu-ray of that a couple years ago. That There's actually an edited version that takes that stuff right yeah. out. It takes out the animal like, cruelty. And I get the film's importance in horror history. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it for that version. I appreciate if it was. The characters are all assholes. I didn't care about any of them. They're I didn't dirty. know they made a remake of it. They're scumbag. Well, and that would be oh. uh, 
2013 Green the Inferno. Green Inferno yeah. okay. which that I own sense. but I haven't seen it but it's a loose remake I did guess. you get that collector's edition from Scream Factory or I just have the no idea one? I bought it at Martin's then, of all places oddly enough that's where I bought it too then it's no that's just the I think version. we bought it the same day because I think you and yeah. I were in Martin's the same day that we yeah. bought that's it. one where there's a collector's edition from Scream Factory I have no desire to buy yeah no I think I paid five dollars for yeah. it and that's why I picked up it's fine I have a love-hate relationship with Eli Roth, so I'm like, yeah. eh. <laughs> I like him as far as a horror fan, because the dude is knowledgeable as shit. Um, and he, like, I like listening to him talk about movies. Most of his movies I could pass on, watching again. Like, uh, Cabin Fever was fun. I enjoyed Cabin Fever. I don't give a shit about Hostels. The two of those. I have no... I don't... Give, I hate torture porn. I don't care for... I didn't, I, so. Green Inferno, I could... Take it or leave it. I'm gonna watch it just because I own it and I need to yeah. watch it. And but like, uh, he, he did a history of horror on Shutter, which I heard is excellent. It is, it is, because he's really he knows his stuff, yeah. so it's fun listening to him talk about it. But yeah, his his films are to me as someone who has seen a whole lot of horror movies and just kind of wants to put his spin on what he's already seen. Yeah, it's kind of a rehash. Yeah, yeah. like Tarantino without as much skill. <laughs> Oddly it, enough, there's I think, no reason those. There's a reason those two are friends. Oddly enough, though, I think he's actually a halfway decent actor. He was great in Glorious Bastards. Oh yeah, great in Glorious. The Bear Bastards. Jew. The yeah. Bear Jew. <laughs> yeah. um, so this next film is from 2019, a film called Snatchers. After status-obsessed teen Sarah has Snatch. sex for the first time, she wakes up the next day nine months pregnant with an alien. Well, there. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's a body snatchers kind of replay. It's a, it's rated R, hour and thirty six minutes. Um, that oh. description alone, just I was like, ooh, that could be weird fun. Ow. Ow. <laughs> I think I'm viewing of that. Uh, again, one I'd never even heard of. No. So I'm kind of curious if that's going to be one of those headhunter type movies. It's just had a decent, had like a fun. five nine rating on IMDb, which is usually solid. Uh, the next film is a remake slash prequel that I have never seen because I've heard such mixed again. One of those ones I've heard mixed things about, and that's 2011's The Thing. Um, I enjoyed it. Don't. Hold it up to the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, the one problem I have mostly with that, again, they called it the exact same fucking thing. Well, the thing. Yeah. Which is a mistake, because it's not like it's not a remake, it's a prequel. It's got a great cast, uh one of the, the uh, one of the Scars Guards, um the girl from Scott Pilgrim who's like three names, I can never remember which one it is. I always think Mary Stuart Masterson. But that's not it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead from, okay. from Cloverfield. Was it Anna Taylor-Joy? Um, <laughs> the thing they went wrong with was they created practical effects for it, and then at the very last minute, the producers chickened out uh, and basically rotoscoped CG oh, over it type oh. of thing. So the effects look awful. And But like if you go online and search for the practical effects test, badass. you're like, why the fuck did you do that? Because producers. Darken the room a little bit, <laughs> change the light source, and that is terrifying. And, and that's why 80s horror effects hold up a thousand times better than most modern horror movies. Yeah. Because it's practical. They didn't have the money to do the CG. It wasn't a backup <sighs> option. It was, you make this look as real as possible, or we're going to have to figure something out. Right. Or we're going to have to get creative. 
I mean, think about how terrible Jaws would have been if you saw the shark all the no, goddamn time. Because no. he could just CG it in whenever he wanted. No, no, no. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the next film is from 2015, and it's one I remember being like, dude, I really want to see this when it come out, and probably forgot about it. <laughs> and that is uh, Area 51. Not bad, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Not bad. It's one of those ones that I remember kind of was like, people like, eh. I have a thing for alien movies. Yeah, they you have just, a thing for alien movies. I have a thing for alien movies, so they usually, they, they for some reason, like, that and Bigfoot shit freaking out <laughs> worse than anything. Is uh, Willow Creek on your list, sir? I just watched that, uh, like, a year ago, so I'm not quite ready to revisit that yet. Um, Bobcat Goldthwait, give me that's a Bigfoot movie. And, Who would have uh, thought? Uh, 30 is 2015's The Lazarus Effect. Oh, yeah, that's the one with... Uh, kind of your possession movie type Yeah, what's thing. her name? Oh, God. And I'm not huge she, on those. She was Psylocke in the X-Men films. I'm not huge on the possession film type things, but that one looks like it might have a little extra to it that makes it stand out a little bit to me. Oh, this I did not put on my list, but it's just making me think because it's one of the best possession films I've seen in a long time. The Exorcism of the Road? Nope, no, no. And it's coming, and they're finally putting it on Blu-ray. It was out on DVD for a very brief while, and then went out of print, so it was like $100 a fucking mm-hmm. copy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard many people Is say she that. possessed, like, or does she have Alzheimer's? It's one or the other. Yeah, it's yeah. freaky as fuck. It was, like I said, out of print for the longest time. They just put it up on Shutter recently, which is how I finally caught it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, really, it's finally coming out on Blu-ray. I'm going to end up finding a bunch of crap on Shutter because I usually, like... Love Shudder, don't get me wrong, but I I usually get it for like three or four months and then cancel my subscription for a yeah. while and then get it for a few months and then cancel my subscription for I've, a while. I've had it for like three years, I've never canceled, but there will sometimes be months where I don't watch anything. Well, it. that's what I mean. And that's but why then I, I that. will, like, especially when the Joe Bob's, like there's a new Joe Bob's sleepover special coming this Friday. So it's like, and from the looks of it, they're doing the Hatchet series. Because oh, it's like, they, they, they won't tell you what the movie is, but the special guest is like Adam Green, Kane Hodder, Felicia Rose. Yeah, I see that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so uh, it's like Tiffany Shepard. It's like, dude, <laughs> you're playing. You're playing one of the Hatchet movie. You're playing Hatchet. Just, tell, yeah. just say you're playing. Well, Hatchet. usually, you know, like uh, the the last couple of years, I've got it. Usually about the end of August, I get it and I watch it right through. And I'll keep it. You know, like I said, three or four months. But the problem is, when I get it, I go just. Nuts. Dumb with it. I'm like, ooh, this is on here. Ooh, ooh, this is well, on here. Well, this is the thing that's going to be interesting with this, because they're playing two movies. And they, they're saying one of them will be available the next day on Shutter. The other one won't be available for a few weeks. And this is why it's interesting to me. Uh, like two years ago, maybe three at this point, there, there was supposed to be like a 20th or 10th anniversary screening of Hatchet. And people showed up, and it turned out... It was Victor Crowley. Which I love. The new, a new version Which of Which I love. So part of me is like, is this going to be, is there a surprise film, a secret to, Vic, a, se- a sequel to Victor Crowley? Who knows with Adam Green. Exactly. Man, Adam Green, that's one thing, man. That dude is great at keeping secrets about his shit coming out. Yeah. His podcast is awesome, too, by the I way. Lo- oh, oh, that's, that's my, that's a regular. Yeah. The movie Crip. That's where I, I, like, see, I didn't realize, like, Joe Lynch directed a lot of stuff that I liked until I started listening to that podcast. Yeah. 
Adam Green I knew from stuff. I do have a, a belt by Adam Green on my list, but yeah. we'll let you get into your next list because right. that's my. I'm at thirty right now. All right. So. Uh, adaptations. I'll blow through these pretty quick because most of these are pretty well known. Uh, number ten is nineteen twenty two. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Gerald's Game. Which I haven't seen either one of those. Uh, so long. Number eight is another one that's criminally underrated. The Midnight Meat Train. With Vinnie Jones? With Vinnie Jones and Bradley Cooper. Uh, it's the adaptation of a Clive Barker story. I can't hear Bradley Cooper's name without hearing Quint from Jaws going, Cooper! But this film is so good. Um, I hate the title, though. I love the title. I love the title. It's like Texas what Chainsaw Massacre does, to me. What the fuck does Midnight Meat Train It could also be a porn. We don't know. Uh, next up was a Netflix original, The Ritual, based oh, on the Adam was, Neville book. Oh, that's such a good movie. Uh, number six, uh, one of the best, another one of the great zombie films of the past few years, The Girl with All the Gifts. Yep. I also didn't put, I, that was one I kind of debated about because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, mm-hmm. but man, what a great fucking yep. movie that was. Uh, number five, 30 Days of Night. Great movie. Yeah, so that just, in the when you want to see vampires fuck shit up, 30 Days of Night, you can't yeah. go wrong. Uh, number four, American Psycho. Number three, The Mist. Number two, It Chapter One. And number one, Doctor Sleep. I can't get enough of Doctor Sleep. Dude, I haven't really Especially watched... the director's. The director's, like, the three-hour version is fucking awesome. I watched the original version, and, I'm, and I looked at the original... I looked at that one time, and I'm like, shit. Yeah, I'm like, I really wanted to do a Shining Doctor Sleep back Dude, they I'm did like, that. a half a day, man. They did that at the drive-in like two weeks ago. Oh. I'm like, I love the idea behind that, but people are going to be leaving at three in the goddamn morning. Yeah. It's like, if you're starting if you're at, at nine, you're not going to get Shining back to Shining until midnight. Exactly. Shining's two and a half hours long. And then you're going to play Doctor Sleep, which is another, even the rate is two and a half hours long. Yeah. It's like, great idea. I'm not young enough for that shit anymore. Oh, I would have to sleep in my car there. It's one of those, like, I love both of those movies, but they're ones that I just, I've got to be in the right mood. Like, especially The Shining. Got to be in the right mood. The Shining is one of those movies to me. I like it, you know, we have a nice snowstorm going on outside. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of those movies that I like to throw on. Same, another Stephen King adaption. Which I believe was early two thousands, if I remember right, or late might have been late nineties, but I think it's criminally underrated as far as I think it's one of his best series is Storm of the Century. Oh hell yeah. That's a good that's a good mini. It's seven and a half hours or like five and a half or six and a half, something like it. It's really goddamn long. That's all I know. Not but, as long as Rose Red. Which Ooh. I have not watched, but I have it over there in VHS. In glorious VHS. Yes, you the do. Two, the two VHS. Yeah, that theater. motherfucker long. <laughs> so, yeah. That's uh, it. I debated again. That was another one. Uh, and I may still end up doing it. Because this, as all things, this list is subject to change with <laughs> me. Because I am shiny ball squirrel object thing and I get distracted very easily and decide to watch something else. But, so yeah, so starting off, speaking of Stephen King, is I've had this, bought the Blu-ray when it came out because it was like $12 because they were trying to make their money back. And that's the remake of Pet Cemetery from 2019. I actually don't mind that at all. I, just, I, I liked the changes they made. I, I really do. It's not one of those 
for any particular reason. Just haven't watched it. The oh, the ending is like I said, they changed stuff from the original, and the ending is bleaker. Um, and that's what I've heard. It's and definitely... I, the directors made a film that will appear later on in my list. Um, I like their work. I, I a lot of people hate the Pet Cemetery because a lot of again. The, the original came out a time where most of us were at that perfect age for that movie to come out. Yeah. It um, holds one of those near and dear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But watching, re-watching it, it's like parts of it aren't great. Yeah. Um, and it's the part that always bothered me. Gage isn't scary. Because you can kick that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, he, he happened... Judd can't kick him. He's a real-life Chucky doll. But <laughs> it's still hard to be terrified of something that's two and a half feet tall. It yeah. just is. Um... The remake changes things a little bit that yeah. make it a little more scary for me. But again, like I said, it's not one of those ones I haven't watched yeah. it for any reason. It's just every time I, I'm like, maybe I'll watch that. And it's like, oh, something else is up. I'm going to watch a sword and sorcery flick from 1980 that I'm like <laughs> super into today. Because that's that's what happens with me. I'm sure it does with you. I think we talked about this when you were on before. Mm -hmm. Is I get in those zones, and man, this is what I want to watch. I want to watch shitty 80s comedies, and that's what I'm going to watch yep. for a month, you know? And go. <laughs> uh, the next film on this list is from 2019, Polaroid. Oh, I have not seen that, but I have seen the, the, the picture for yeah, that. Yeah, so basic synopsis. Uh... High schooler loner Brad Fitch, Bird Fitch, has no idea what dark secrets are tied to the Polaroid camera she finds. It doesn't take long to discover that those who have their picture taken with it soon die. Sounds like it could be a cool film, and I kind of wonder, this sounds very similar to a, uh, was it Korean or Japanese film? Uh, that kind of had a similar idea, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh... We only had the internet to find that out. <laughs> oh, we had fancy Google machines everywhere. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I remember seeing an ad for that and going, "That looks kind of interesting." But if I remember, I will try to ha I will try to watch that between now and our recording in October. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, it, I just I don't know. I can't see anything about it. Saying directed by Lars Clever. <laughs> I first saw Lars and I was like, Von Trier? <laughs> oh, he he directed the most recent Child's Play. Ah, which I actually which really liked. I did too. <laughs> I liked it was it. its own separate thing, and I yeah. enjoyed it. Um, Number 33 is one that I haven't watched since the theater. <laughs> I kind of hated it when I saw it in the theater. Like, it was one of those, man, it had so much potential... But I don't know if I was expecting too much out of it, and that's the reason I felt that way, but I've never rewatched it again, and that is 2016's Blair Witch. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> the one problem I had with that is when I watched it in the theater, the film kept glitching. Oh. Like, it would go, it would digitize. Yeah. And skip. And I'm like, is, that on purpose? is this on purpose? <laughs> right, right. And then I went, I like went to complain, and the guy's like, "No, it's not supposed to be doing that." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like it doing that." Yeah, I, and I'm like, "How does that happen with a digital delivery of that?" It's like, come on. I went to the theater with my now girlfriend, and uh, we watched that. And uh, I remember both of us coming out and just being like, "I don't know if I hated that or liked it." I enjoyed then, it. Then the more I thought about it, I'm like, 
I just kept making me mad. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I like I like the ideas behind it. I, I like the time loop aspect of it. That's what made me like was, really go. Parts, okay, now there I'm was in. parts that I liked, but I felt like for some reason it was just like, man, you're just rehashing the first one, and that's that's all I could get in my head was it. So I want to go back now that I've had time. Mm-hmm. And rewatch it to see if I feel different about see, that. And I wish they had marketed that differently. Because I remember it was like the, a big release. They released the information at Comic-Con. Yeah. And said, oh, by the... Because before, they were just calling it, like, The, the woods. woods or something. And they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, by the way, it's the Blair Witch. And I'm like, no! No! You should have just waited. Don't fucking tell us that! You should have just waited and let, it, when let everyone find out. That's like when you were... Spoilers on this, but... Like when you go and watch um, Split and realize at the end, that's fucking Bruce Willis. This is an Unbreakable sequel. Holy shit. Yeah. That's what this needed to do. Yeah. This needed to get the characters lost in the fucking woods. Because if you just said Burkittsville, most while people I, aren't going to remember what Most people, was. but those of us who did would have been like, wait a minute. Holy fuck, what am I watching? Yeah. Am I watching a Blair Witch sequel? Holy shit, yeah, it would have been shit. cool just to call it the woods, and yeah. then you find out it is, it's a continuation of the Blair exactly. Witch universe. Yeah, yeah. They blew that by telling, because it gave us expectations. Again, producers and marketing. Uh, yeah. So, a follow-up. Now, this is one, again, no reason why I haven't watched it. <laughs> and I just watched, this is going to give away the movie, but I just watched The Color Out of Space not too long ago, and oh my god, did I ever love that. On my list. And, uh, and that's 2018's Mandy. On my list. <laughs> so, um, everybody knows about this. It's been one of those, it's just like, I just feel like I need to be in the right mood to watch that, or I'm not going to enjoy it. I so. enjoy Mandy, but when I rewatch it, I skip the first 45 minutes. Yeah. It's, I get why it's there. But I'm wait. You're like, no, I want to watch Nick Cage freak out. I want Nick Cage being Nick Cage. So <laughs> when I rewatch it, I skip ahead about an hour and then watch it from then on because that second hour is fucking glorious. Yeah, it's everything you want it to be. And it's one of those again, like I said, it's one of those. There's been no real reason why I haven't watched it. I just haven't rewatched it. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. Um. But I'm like, if I enjoy that even half as much as I enjoyed Color Out of Space, you will. You will. like I said, <laughs> I'm gonna be good. <laughs> the first hour will try your patience a little bit. Well, but it's it's. And let's be honest, Color Out of Space is a little like that. The first 30, 40 minutes of that yeah. is a little like, uh, but when it gets mm-hmm. going, it's like, what is going on? Yeah. This is, uh, ah. Those those both those films are absolute assault on the senses. Yeah. There's so much going on and just, just yeah. Um, follow up to that. I may have to break down and like get a Hulu for a month. Uh, is Little Monsters on my I, list? Which I have been dying to see. Don't have Hulu. Little Monsters. <laughs> if you do not already love Lupita Nang, Nguyen because of Us, you're gonna love oh, her. She, this. she was my favorite part of Us. I'm very hit, or I'm kind of very indifferent on Us. Love Get Out. That's yeah. I don't hate it, but yeah, I, I, I it's love one I've only watched it once, and I need to but rewatch it. Let me it. tell you, she after watching those two films, this woman is one of the most talented actresses on the goddamn planet, and it's so funny because Little Monsters is it reminds me. I mean, it's not quite as mean spirited, but yeah. another film that's on my list, Cooties. 
It's it's funny and adorable at times, but at other times I'm like, that's that was some brutal shit they just did. I will say one thing about I remember seeing in, in us, I was like, she's a star. She was just one of those people you watch and you can't yeah. help but be captivated and, and by again, her performance. It's like, why was she not nominated for an Academy Award for that? Why? Because it's one, it's a horror movie. Yeah, but it's like she's already won an Oscar. She won it for Twelve Years a Slave. So. Fucking nominate her. Even if you don't want to give it to her, this is one, like, the same with uh, Florence Pugh this past year for Midsommar. Give her a fucking nomination. Yeah. But they won't, because it's a horror Corey movie. Corey Collette in another movie that I'll make. How often do we ever get horror movies get any, because then, then you know why? Because that legitimizes the genre. Maybe we don't want that. Fuck you guys. Yeah. We like being the yeah, scummy like outsiders. Uh, <laughs> I'd much rather them get Rondo Awards and Academy That's Awards. That's right. Um... 2018's the next one on my list. 2018 Office Uprising. An employee in a Damn. weapons factory discovers that an energy drink turns his co-workers into zombies. For some reason, this reminds... It's the stuff! <laughs> it's the stuff for the monster bros. All I'm thinking of this is, this is going to be like a weird combination of the stuff and blood-sucking bastards. <laughs> what was the office? What was the office? Office Uprising. Uprising. I liked blood-sucking bastards. Me too. That was funny. Okay, I'm gonna have to. That was a, that good dry sense of humor that I loved so much. Yeah. It was yeah. That I, I can never remember the na- the dude's name, but it's the same guy from Cabin in the Woods. I like that guy. Yeah, I always want to say DJ Miller because he reminds me of DJ yeah. Miller, but not. <laughs> but not less yes. less sexually assaultive than DJ Miller. Um, next one on my list is one again. It's a horror comedy, and it looks fucking awesome. Most I don't know why I haven't watched it. 2013's Hell Baby. Not on my list. Um, I thought you wouldn't... Ooh. <laughs> I haven't seen Hell Baby. I've seen Prevenge, I've which heard, is amazing. I've heard Hell Baby is a riot. It is fun as shit, like horror comedy. Hell Baby. Hell Baby from 2013, and I believe it's a bunch of people from one of Hey, Rob Corddry's in it. I was going to say, it's one of those guys in that's Leslie on Bibb. one of those shows. For Keegan-Michael Key? Yeah. Oh my, oh Jesus. Yeah. It's a Robert Ben Grant film. Dude from, Re- the guy who does Reno 911. Yeah. I was going to awesome. say, I know it was a bunch of people involved with one of the big comedy shows. Yeah, it's the, Re- it's the Reno 911 crew. Yeah. Oh, hell yes, that's making my list. So that was one I was I'll like, I gotta watch that, because I know a few people that I watch are like, dude, it's awesome. I'll watch they're anything like, that Reno like 911. They're like, if you like Reno 911, it's that same style of humor. Yeah, well, it's, it's written by the same guy. Um, okay, the next one up, I gotta look this up, because I, <laughs> I think I may have seen this, but I don't <laughs> remember anything about it. So that's usually not a good indicator. Uh, let me see if I can find and it's I can't even find it on the IMDB list. It's just called Animal. Animal. From 2014. Eh. It looks like the it, it looks like uh, like a hellhound type thing on oh. the cover. Um anyway. See, I hate it when the But it's the, one of those ones. The titles are in. that generic. Oh, from 2014. Yeah. Joey Warren Adams is in that? It's It had a couple of actors. I think there was a couple of actors in it. That, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a bunch of look, familiar looking people. Joey Warren Adams, uh, I will forever be in love with thanks to Chasing Amy. Yep. 
Oh, and it's included on Prime Video right now. When plans for a weekend vacation hit a dead end, a group of close-knit friends find themselves stranded in unfamiliar territory. Is that fucking Bing Rames? Pursued by a menacing, bloodthirsty predator. It just showed a picture, and I'm like, that looks like fucking Bing Rames, but he's not listed. Uh... Or am I just being horribly, horribly racist? But I swear that guy looked like Bing Rames. Yeah, see, that girl, that Elizabeth Gillies, looks unbelievably familiar. I mean, tell me that doesn't look like Bing Rames. Or did it just change? Yeah. That does look like Bing Rames. But he's not listed anywhere in it. He might be in it for six seconds, one of those types of things. Oh, okay, this is why she looked familiar. She was in uh, Vacation. Um, The National Lampoon's film. She does a voice in America. Dead. Oh, the the guy who directed it directed You Might Be the Killer. Which was also starring the same... Fran Cans. That's what Fran Cans. Yeah. The dude from Bloodsucking Bastards. Which and, was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Okay, so yep. same director. Good so to know. that was one I just based on the cover alone. Yep. I was like, that looks kind it, of cool. It reminds me of the the cover. Yeah. Uh, Which also great to Speaking of Joe Lynch, uh one of my favorite films of the last four or five years, and one I've specifically not rewatched. Because it's one of those I want to enjoy the shit out of it every time I watch it. And that's 2017's Mayhem. I knew you were going to say which that. Which I absolutely um, love Dude, if, if you re-get Shudder again, Joe Bob did an episode of that. Yeah. And, um... Because Samara Weaving is fucking awesome yeah, she is. in there. And it was so cool because <laughs> while it was playing, uh, Joe Lynch was live tweeting, Holy shit, I'm on <laughs> Joe Bob! <laughs> Like, he's like, this is the fucking coolest thing ever. The shit out he right was. Now. He was. And it was amazing. He's like, why didn't you ask me to come on, you son of a bitch? So they started giving each other shit. Like, tweeting back and forth. I right. love Joe Lynch because he's such a fanboy. He is. And it's great. I love it on the show when they get one of his favorite directors in because he'd be. It's like, it's like comic convention nerd out moment yep. every time. And it's great. That he still loves movies that much after being in the industry this long. Oh, yeah. That he still freaks the hell out, you know? And and Samara Weaving will show up again. Oh, Samara Weaving is awesome. She I is great. She is her. such a fucking talent. Ready or Not is the shit. And uh, I just spoiled this movie that made over there. <laughs> Never yeah. mind, I'm going to talk about The Babysitter, yeah. which is also really good. Well, which I also, I think, is on this list as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Samara Weaving, the thing... The thing is, and a couple Eric, Eric, and uh, Eugene were just talking about this on the last episode of the movie crap, and Eric brought it up, and I think it's the same reason I like her. No, she just always plays bad ass characters in her movies. She doesn't play the typical trope pretty girl, mind you. She is gorgeous, yep. but she's a badass, and everything yeah. she plays is she's just. She looks like Margot Robbie, but is in horror films. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong. She's she's badass, and I everything I've seen her in so far, I'm like, I love this movie. Yep. It's just it's great, and it's great having a badass lead female character in those films. Um, number forty one, I have been holding up on watching one because it's eight thousand fucking hours long, and it is a remake of a film. I'm not a huge fan of the original Suspiria. I don't hate it, dude. But it's one of those films that it just bore, it kind of bores me. This I appreci- film's fucking amazing. I appreciate the original Suspiria for just the color. The, <clears throat> I, I you know that's the weird. The, our generous use of color in that film is awesome. That film, and I appreciate the shit out of it. 
and I don't hate it, but it bores the fuck out of me. It's not one of those films that I can watch a lot. The new one is my favorite of those two. So the new one is fucking because you know how for the longest time in the first in the original you're like. I don't know what's really... Are they... I mean, it's an Argento film, so how the time you don't know what's going on anyway. That's most this Argento one, films. There's, right? some, there's a little bit of weird shit going on with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz's character, but it comes around eventually. And she's awesome and everything. But Tilda Swinton. Tilda fucking Swinton. And honestly enough, um, what's her name? Uh, the chick from the Fifty Shades of Grey films. Um, Melody Griffith and John, Dakota Johnson. She's amazing. In this. And they don't pretend... Like, it's not like, are they witches? No, they do. It's fucking witches, dude. This is it, cool. God, right into it. it. Yeah. This is all witches, man. And they got... They got a... They got a Black Swan some shit. Um, you, p- take the end of Black Swan, where shit's really freaky. Which I have never seen Black Swan. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But, uh... <laughs> no. I love the modern Suspiria. I yeah, fucking yeah. love it. But, I like it so much better than the original. And I've heard a lot of people say that. And then you got the originals that are like, it's never going to be better than the original. Those but, people are assholes. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things. But it's also almost three hours long. It, I, it I have not. a, I have a, I know. <laughs> and I don't, and you can't always base that because Dr. Sleep is like that. And that movie flies yeah. by. I mean, that's just like, it's over. What, what happened? And, uh, you know, so I get that, but at the same time. Man, I have a hard time pulling the trigger on those longer movies these days because I'm I'm always thinking, well, I can get two movies in or I can watch one. Yeah, but man, <laughs> there's two scenes in this film you will never forget. You you'll be like, those are two of my favorite scenes in horror films ever. <laughs> uh, it's not directed by a horror director. It's no. directed by the same guy who uh, did the the, the the Timothy Chalamet Arnie Hammer um, uh, gay film. Call me by, call me by my name or something like that. He's an art house director. Oh, and they gave him, and he decided he wanted to. Do Which Suspiria. makes sense because a lot of Argento stuff is very art house ish. Art house ish. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the fact that it wasn't made by like someone who was like, oh my god, I sit at home. Oh, so much me. reverence. I masturbate to Argento all the time, especially when the red comes across. Yeah, the it was made by someone who was like, I like that idea. I think I can make it better. Yeah, and he does. All right, on to your next list, sir. Why don't you do two? See what right. we got. All right, I've only got ten left. So. Horror comedies. Uh, we've got the pre-mentioned Cooties, which, if anything, awesome. if you like Rain Wilson from The Office and you want to see him beat the shit out of little zombie kids, <laughs> this film's for you. It's a great, great. And Elijah, speaking of Elijah Wood, yep. also um, number nine, Happy Death Day. <laughs> also, also awesome. Awesome movie. Uh, number eight, the TJ blew the the surprise, but ready or not, with Samara Weaving. Also awesome. Also Adam Brody <laughs> yeah. in a film where he knows what he's in and he plays it up. Yep. Uh, number seven, Little Monsters, which you haven't seen yet. But number on my list. number six, Slither. On my list. Uh, number five, don't know if it'll be on your list or not because you've probably watched it all the damn time. Zombieland. I didn't put it on there for that exact yep. reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, number four, Behind the Mask, the story of Leslie Vernon. Fucking right. That film... Criminally underrated. Everyone needs to see that film. I was so stoked when Screen Factory you put are, out a collector's If you are a fan of 80s slasher films, yeah. there's no reason you should not... This yeah. will be one of your favorite movies it, ever. It's, it's, a, it's a... Watching a VH1 behind the scenes of a serial killer who... Wants to be a Freddy and a Jason, 
and just hopes one day he can make it. And then it turns into something completely different. And Dime Store Ryan Reynolds that plays him, which I can't yeah. remember what his name is. I can't is. remember his name either. He's so good in this. Because you feel like you you almost it's like it's like that kid that alright, we're gonna give little Johnny a shot to go play for the Celtics for five minutes. And, you know, and that excitement that you see in him and it's just like you almost can you can relate so much to that character until he starts going off the wall and actually doing all the And <laughs> much like the next film on the list, Tucker Tucker and Dale versus Evil, it's one of those where every few years there's sequel talk where they're like, No, it's getting worked on. We're trying to do it. We're trying to do it. Uh, Hopefully in the next few years we will see a sequel to both of those. Oh, that would be great, yeah. Uh number two it has a sequel and it's currently on FX, uh What We Do in the Shadows. I love that movie so it's, much. That's one of those where I'm like, how is this as good as it is? And then you learn who Taika Waititi is, and you're like, oh, that's how. Where werewolves, not swearwolves. Yep. <laughs> that, for some reason... The chore wheel kills me, too. <laughs> that, for some reason, though... Peter! <laughs> that one, that scene right there, where, what are we? We're werewolves. That's what, every time, I don't know why I find that so goddamn hilarious. Have you watched any of the show? Me. I have not. The no. show is amazing, and they have like a, um, a meeting of like the Templars, <laughs> and it's, it's all vampires from other movies. Like Pee Wee Herman is in it, from his role <laughs> from in Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> yeah. um, they talk about how like Kiefer Sutherland couldn't make it. Uh, same with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise couldn't make it. Uh, but it's like, it's awesome. but it's got Tilda Swinton from Only Lovers Left Alive. Nice. Uh, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they got all these people. Yeah, if, if you like Guardians of the Galaxy, so you want to watch Slither, if you like Thor Ragnarok, here's your film. Taika Waititi is a national treasure. He is a genius. For, not even for the U.S. He's a world treasure. Yeah. I mean, every, every film he's made has been amazing. I, George Jojo Rabbit was fucking amazing. Dude. Uh, hunt for oh. the hunt for the wilder people. Jojo Great. Rabbit kills me. Yeah. That's such a good movie. It's one of the funnest sad movies you will ever watch yeah. in your he, life. He knows how to strike a balance <laughs> between tones. And whoever would have thought Hitler could be so hilarious? Yep. That, like I can't. I've tried to describe that movie to somebody the other day, and I'm like. I don't know how to describe this to you without sounding like a raving lunatic. A Jewish kid during the Holocaust is best friends with an imaginary Hitler. And Hitler is hilarious. Yep. And Sam Rockwell and Theon Greyjoy. Oh my god. Are, that is my favorite part As of the movie. barely closeted gay Nazis. And uh, <laughs> they're designed in the outfit. Oh god, and uh, when, when Stephen Merchant shows up. Oh that, man. That movie, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I... But it's one. Of, it's such a weird film because it's like, man, this movie is depressing but also funny. Yeah. I don't know if I should laugh oh, yeah. or, or cry here. But back to horse. Uh, the number one. It's again probably won't be on your list because it, it gets watched all the time by everyone. Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah, just rewatched yeah. it not that long ago. Yeah. All right, on to my independent ones. This is one where there'll be some. There'll some be probably some on here. I uh, number ten, it. we have session nine. I yeah. should have put that at number nine. Uh, number nine, we have Pontypool. Uh, number eight, Pie Wacket. Have not seen that one. Yet. Well worth a watch. It's essentially a girl is really pissed at her mom, so she comes across a it's it's some guy who's writing like a subterfuge type of guy, you know, and he writes a book, and in the book there's some spells and incantations. So she decides to call a demon to kill her mother, and then a demon kind of shows up, and she's like, oh fuck, oh shit. 
Uh, great low budget film. Uh, number seven, the lowest low budget films, Headhunter. So good. Uh, number so six, Ty West's House of the Devil, which is such a great eighties like throwback. Uh, number five was kind of a cheat because I put both Color Out of Space and Mandy because it's both Nick Cage. Uh, number four, phenomenal Adam Wingard film, You're Next. Takes home invasion films to a whole different level. I'm not a big fan of the home invasion genre for some This one you should be, though, yeah, if you yeah, haven't seen it, because yeah. it, it, it gives it a nice little twist. That's a part of the reason I still haven't watched Murder Party yet. I just, oh, no. <laughs> Murder Party is awesome. Oh, my God. Murder Party is great. Just because you've met those people. Uh, yeah. You, you might not have mur- been murdered by them, but you've met, I've those, met people. those people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three. Honeymoon. Oh, so good. Rose Leslie mm. is the shit in that. Yeah. That one, again, because it reminds me a lot of growing up at Scudic Lake. Uh-huh. Like, that's... That's exactly what that reminds yeah. me of. Oh, yes. I watched that on Shutter last, yeah. last fall, I think. Uh, number two is the two guys who directed Pet Cemetery, uh, directed Starry Night, which is... Starry Eyes, I mean. Star- 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 oh. Starry Eyes. Yeah, the girl that played... Goes to Hollywood. Who played uh, Wendy, Wendy in Doctor Sleep? Doctor yeah. Sleep, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's what Neon Demon should have been. Uh, Alex Nick- Esso. Yeah. Good. Good pull. Uh, <laughs> just it, it. It's very Cronenberg to me. The way it feels. It's. It's it it it, it, it it's a young girl in Hollywood who kind of signs a deal she shouldn't to become a star. It's that. Well, I mean, to be honest, the first two thirds of the movie to me is basically just a. It's a it's a straight up drama. There's no horror until that last 20, 25 minutes, and then shit just goes off the rails mm-hmm. and gets nutty. And then number one, I I, I double featured this again because I could not put them both on. But Spring and the Endless, uh, Morehouse and Benson, uh, pair of filmmakers. One of those yet. Spring is what if you cross uh, Ethan Hawke's character from like Before Sunrise, only he meets. A Lovecraftian creature, as, who's a woman. A guy has a guy goes to a foreign country. I think it's Italy. Falls in love with a woman, and she might be a centuries-old Lovecraftian monster. Speaking of Lovecraft, did you see my uh, my political side in my window? Yes, outside? yes, I did. <laughs> um, and then they most recently did a film called The Endless, which is what if two guys grew up in kind of a Waco-like cult. Go back years later. Oh, is that it's about the brothers? The, yeah, right. It's about the two brothers. Yes, I, I, where? What the hell was that on? It's on Netflix. Isn't it's probably it? on something. It's on something because I remember going through and seeing that. I was like, that sounds like a really cool premise. It is, especially I, if you've watched. I could have put this actually as a triple feature because they did a, an initial film called Resolution, which is two guys off in the woods. One of them's trying to get his friend off drugs, and shit goes weird. Yeah, that's one that sounds super familiar, this one, I don't think I've seen this it. This one ties into it. You don't need to have seen it, but, but it if you if you can see them both... It's in the same universe. They're, bo- they're both excellent films. Excellent films. So there, 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 there was my next 20. That one was... I, I know the, the Endless... That was one of those ones I I haven't pulled the trigger on it because I'm like, dude, this, this is either going to be like a really fun movie or it's going to be a really heavy movie. It's 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 neither, oddly enough. Really? Yeah. I just got that. It's uneasy. It's uneasy. Ah. It's definitely uneasy. Well, speaking of uneasy, to kick (laughs) off, my next one is one I have not watched yet, 
again, for no particular reason other than it's stupidly long and I'm just weird, is 2018's Hereditary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard oh. it's, and I know I'm gonna love oh. it. No, I'm gonna love the shit out of yes, it. Yes, you are. But it's just one of those ones, man. Every Wait. time I sit down and I'm in the mood for something like that, I'm like, it's fucking like two hours and fifteen minutes. And, 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 <laughs> it will fly by, but man, that movie—that's the type of movie that leaves you in a space. And I haven't watched Midsummer yet because I haven't watched that yet, and I want to watch that before I Ari Aster. Ari Aster. <laughs> um, they actually just a twenty-four, and I hope they keep doing this, because. Uh, Midsummer, Midsummer is like two and a half hours long. It's yeah, long. It's long. <laughs> but he had a three-hour long director's cut. You could only buy it digitally on Apple for the okay. longest time, which of course I did, and I loved it. However, A twenty-four themselves just put out a special edition four K director's cut, which comes in like this beautiful linen-bound book. It's gorgeous. Um, I'm a friend of the A twenty-four shop because I actually just ordered the uh, Hereditary screen play too from them like they do like they did it for the witch as well where it's a really nice it's got the screenplay it's got shots it's got essays which would definitely be in my top 10 of all time you might hear that again good um but yeah dude ari aster's got issues he's got like some psychological shit that he works out on film but i don't know if there's a more original voice out there right now in film yeah where no matter what he puts out next I'm watching. Yeah. Because he taps into shit. Like, on a primal level. That you just can't... Like, but... And they're clever stories. Yeah. But you just... You get so sunk into them. I... I yeah. You'll, you'll hear both of those films mentioned yeah. again. Again, The Witch is not on my list for this year because I just rewatched it last year. And that's not a movie that I can rewatch every year. That's oh, that's I, what I need. I can. I need a couple of years in between. I that to me that's a ten out of ten film. And one of the coolest things I've done in the past decade. And who the hell would think that a movie that's basically in old English? It's just not. It's like watching a Shakespearean play, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But and it's. Just I don't know what it is about that movie, but man, that movie is a mind fuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, one of the coolest things I did was I actually went to a showing of that with Robert Eggers in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Because he's from New Hampshire, and that's why I want to really watch the Lighthouse because I adore I, I, the. Worst. I still I got it. I still haven't watched it because I'm kind of waiting for October. Yeah. Um, and he's got it right, and they were all set to start working on it before COVID, but it's coming. They're gonna start working on it now, so it's like in another month. He's doing a Viking story. Period, accurate so th- Viking. This guy, he's all about period pieces set with a twist. Basically. I know what it sucks too, because one of the films his follow up was supposed to be an Osferatu remake, and Ooh. I am I dying yeah, to. Yeah, I, remember, I remember. I am dying to see his take on Osferatu. Um, the next film on my list is a film. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. Uh it's kind of a different take on the werewolf genre. I haven't seen it, heard a lot about it, and that is When Animals Dream from yes. 2014. Yes, that's Canadian, I believe. I, and I've heard it's... I it, think it's on Netflix. I've heard it's really good. It is. It's a, it's it's a different, real... It's a different take from what I've heard. It's got a lot of the same beats as Ginger Snaps, because it's about a young girl learning yeah. what she is. But um, very beautifully shot film. That, that That's a really good film. I've uh, only seen it once, because again... I prefer to own my movies, and that one, 
came out like first on Netflix or it was only available streaming first. They just recently, I think, came out with a Blu-ray, which I will someday. I really, I know we've talked about it before on the show, is Netflix needs to have a buy option for their films. I agree. Because The Babysitter Dude, I would have a copy of that. The the Ritual. The Ritual, I would have a copy of that. Uh, The Apostle, that's another one. There's a ton of Netflix originals that even if they did a print-on-demand, so you don't have overstock. How much money have they left on the shelf by not printing on demand fucking bird box. Dude, there's there's at least there's probably at least ten or fifteen Netflix originals that I have adored that I would yeah. I would plop down twenty dollars for a Blu-ray. Speaking of plopping down twenty dollars for a Blu-ray, this was one that I got because at the time it wasn't released released and I I remember I think I can't remember the whole deal with this. It is the uh, people who did the movie Turbo Kid. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely adore Turbo Kid. It's probably, again, it's in, in the last 10 years, it's easily in my top 10 films. I have rewatched that probably 10 times since I originally saw it. Love that movie because it just it's, it's nostalgic without being nostalgic, uh, I guess. So. But... This next film was their follow-up to that, and that is Summer of 84, which I fucking yeah, love. I really like that one as well. And Great ending. Great again, ending. this is another one of those films, man. There is a scene in that that makes me physically ill, and I haven't rewatched it for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think you know what scene I'm talking Why about. And it just, dude, it just, oh, oh, that's, and it's not because it's gross. It's because you love that character and feel so fucking yep. bad for her. And then um, it's just like, oh, that scene just, oh, I was like, oh. A similar movie, if it's not on your list, that's very, uh, I can't remember what it's streaming on. Super Dark Times. I haven't watched it yet. Same, again, ki- same kind of vibe. I think you'd dig it. Uh, again, that's another one that I actually should have on my list, but I do not. Um, this next film, I need to look up real quick. Because it's one of those ones that I feel like I've heard about. But also have not. Uh, from 2019, a film called Mercy Black. A woman is sent to a mental institution after stabbing her classmate in an attempt to conjure an evil spirit called Mercy Black. Fifteen years later, she's released and must save her nephew who has become obsessed with the phenomenon. Kind of sounds like one of those. I'll add that to my watch. That list. sounds like one of those ones that could be awesome, or it's gonna be total trash. I, I'm gonna take a shot on it though. Oh, why the hell not? That sounds like an interesting uh, premise. Um, this one I think I've heard you talk about before, and I'm gonna bring it up real quick. Uh, 2011's The Wicker Tree. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Clay. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know anything about this one, it's charmed by the residents of Treesock, Scotland. Two young missionaries accept the invitation to participate in a local festival, wholly unaware of the consequences of their decision. Boy, does that sound like Midsommar. Uh, well, well, I mean, if I remember correctly, Wicker Tree is a spirit sequel to Wicker Man, which, oh, okay. which Midsommar borrows heavily from. Heavily from, okay, there you go. Uh, again, I, I didn't know anything about that. I, I, if I, I could be completely wrong, and if I am, I am. But something about that, I'm like, I seem to remember that being a sequel to that. Um, so this is another one. 
again, really wanted to watch it, bought it, it's been sitting on my shelf. Uh, and that is 2014's It Falls. I just keep forgetting oh, about it. Oh, yeah. Keep forgetting about it. Dude, you will love that It Falls, because that has such an 80s vibe to it. Such an 80s vibe. Um, The next one is from 2018, and that is Hellfest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Hellfest. Yeah. Again, what I wanted to watch, kind of forgot all yeah. about it until I was looking through shit, and I was like, man, that's what I meant I think I got that one from, like, a red box or something. Um, This came out. A little bit before Mayhem, but very similar mm-hmm. premise, and that is 2016's The Belko Experiment. Good, but I enjoyed Mayhem more. I haven't watched The Belko Experiment. I've had it for like two years. It's, like I said, it's enjoyable, but after you watch Mayhem, you're like, yeah, I like the humor of Mayhem. <laughs> one of the few Adam Green scenes, one of the few Adam Green films I have not seen it is yet, and uh, one everybody, a lot of people say is his best one is 2010's Frozen. Frozen, I knew that's what you were going to say. I like the Victor Crowley's better, but Frozen has some good stuff in it. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting concept. <laughs> it's, but it's one of those ones, man, for some reason, I just never pull the trigger on. And the last one that I have on my list, uh, I could have kept going. I probably could have put 100 movies on this. Uh, is 2018's The Void. Oh, my God. The Void is awesome. Which I have not seen yet. Um. It's it's a modern John Carpenter film. That and a cure for wellness were two that I have I haven't seen yet. Cure for wellness it that that film is long. Yeah, that film's like almost that film's like <laughs> two and a half hours long. It's creepy, but dude, the void is awesome. I've it's I've heard very Lovecraftian. Yes. It, it's it's John Carpenter making a Lovecraft film. Yeah, yeah, well, you can't go wrong. All right, so we're getting. These are all going to be mainstream films now. Which we're on my mainstream category. I guess I've seen best. the majority of yeah. them, but we'll find out. Uh, number 10, Final Destination. Yep. Uh, number 9, Crawl. Yep. Number 8, The Others. Nicole Kidman? Yep. Yep, okay. I haven't seen that in a really, really long uh, time. Uh, number 7, The Strangers. I haven't seen that. Oh, we should. Uh, number 6, A Combination of Insidious and Conjuring, because they're both Wee Winnell, James Wan directed films. Right. Uh, number five, Sinister, which I really like. Sinister was really good, yeah. Uh, number four, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Johnny Depp? Nope, the Sam Raimi one. Oh, oh, Sam Raimi. I'm thinking of, uh... Night Gate? Yes. <laughs> uh, number three, Jennifer's Body. Number two, I call this one a mainstream, even though it was never received a, a mainstream release, but it's it's everywhere now. Trick or Treat. Five, yeah, I just recently watched that, too. So. And number one was the 28 days slash a weeks later. Right there, yeah. So now we're on to the best of the best for me. These are my top 15 total. <laughs> okay. Uh, 15, Devil's Rejects. Number 14, Cabin in the Woods. Yep. Number 13, The Descent. Number 12, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, number 11... Oh, shit. That's what I need to have on my list. Yeah, I have yeah. a copy that I think Dan gave me. Uh, I didn't give that to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, number 11, A Quiet Place. Yep. Number 10, Don't Breathe. The one with Steve, uh, Stephen Lang in the house. Okay, I have not seen that man. one. I oh. saw Lights Out. Lights Out was one. I always get Lights Out and Don't Breathe confused for some reason. Dude, add Don't Breathe to your list. Okay. It's yeah. worth it. Uh, number 9 is Midsommar. Number 8 is Green Room. Tell me you've seen that yet. Oh my god, man! This is movie is made for you! It's a... That's what everybody It's a fucking band stuck in hell, man. In a... 
having to play for a bunch of neo-Nazis and then they I witness know. a murder. <laughs> And then they have to fight their way out like it's goddamn, you know, Assault on Precinct 19. Speaking of that, have you seen VFW yet? Yeah, uh, no. I own it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. I've been, I, I'm holding... The stuff I've bought over the past four months, I'm holding back. Yeah. VFW is fucking I, I, lo- I love the cast. I love <laughs> the, the cast. This is so good. Uh, number seven is It Follows. Uh, number six is The Invitation. Karen Kusama, who also directed Jennifer's Body. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a dinner party where uh, it stars uh, Logan Marshall Green from Upgrade. Okay. He and his girlfriend are invited to a dinner party, the dinner party of his ex-wife, who he oh, hasn't. Uh, yeah, he hasn't is. spoken to her since. Basically, they divorced after their child died. Yeah. But he goes anyway, not really sure why. And while there. They, it's a bunch of him and his friends that they, they haven't gotten together since the breakup. Because, right. you know, when a couple breaks up, the friends You have those mutual sides. friends. You yeah. get, oh, I'm picking so, 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 so they so never so. all yeah. get together again. Yeah. And they do. And her and her new husband are kind of trying to promote almost like a cult to them. And one of the, one of the guests hasn't shown up yet. And things just get weird. And it's very off-putting. Like, it just, it's one of those things where you're just, you're, you're distressed and you don't know why the entire time. Right, right. Uh, just a tremendous film. Uh, number five is Us. Number four is The Babadook. Number three is Get Out. Number two is Hereditary. And number one is The Witch. That's a solid list of films, man. Yeah. It's yeah, hard th- not th- to go wrong. And there's a bunch on there that I didn't, again, that was like I either forgot about and, or I've seen somewhat recently... <clears throat> As I get older, <laughs> tell me you do the same thing, but as I get older, I have a harder time re-watching films on the regular. I like the space Because there's more I want to see. And I don't feel like, I feel like I have so much less time to watch stuff. So, again, last year, and I, I completely stole this idea from you and Tom about doing the 100 movies. Mm-hmm. And I got 100 and 20 something last year and i think i'm on 80 right now i'm like i like that idea i need to start putting it in my head that i need to watch at least half of what i watch needs to be new films yeah. which is usually i probably watch in a typical year i probably watch more than 200 films because yeah. i'm a movie nerd but <laughs> i i've really been trying to make it a goal to do at least 100 yeah because for a long time i got into that rut of just watching shit that i that comfort food stuff, you know, or just watching, re-watching stuff. And yeah, I, I, we, we talked about it in our in our messaging, but, like, yeah, when it comes to the, the 31 days of horror, I mean, I haven't watched less than 50 in a couple of years. Yeah. But I always try to watch at least two new to me for every one that I've seen before. Yeah. Um, and if I go on a good, good spin, like a good binge, I'll purposely not watch one I've already seen to keep kind of, like, the luck going. Right. Like, if I've watched two in a row of stuff that I haven't seen, they're both good, I'll then watch another one. And I'll pretty much keep going until I come across one that I didn't care for. Well, and that's then, not... I'll, then I'll watch one I've seen as a palate cleanser. And I've made the mistake in years past of, of doing this, where I have just basically not put anything on that I, I've seen, or very little that I've seen, and then you get into that, you get into that run of just crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it happens and it happens and you know what's going to happen not everything's going to be a home run 
So, like, especially with that list right there, I was trying to space it out of, like, kind of making a 50-50 yeah. mix of things I've seen, things I haven't. So, if I do get if I do get a turn, I've got something comfort food yeah. that I can follow. And like I said, I may not completely go by that list. I'm a very, uh, I have a hard time just being like, I'm watching this movie tonight. Not how it works with me. Yeah. I'm very much... I'm in the mood for a monster movie, or I'm in the mood for a slasher movie, or... Yeah. But, at least if I have a nice variety, I can kind of go through and be like, all yeah. right, I've got this one that's a... a yeah, slasher. that, that was hard for me last year, where I did the theme... My theme was haunted house movies. And after a while, about halfway through the month, I'm like, I've got to take a break, because all the movies are so fucking similar, because yeah. they're all haunted house movies. And I had to watch, like, seven other films. But that's why this year, I'm... Like, I did one year where it was all female-directed or female-written, another yeah. one where it was all remakes, and this year it's going to be all 90s. Um, I like the decade idea, yeah. because it gives you a wider palette of yeah. stuff to, you know, And again, it. I'll always, like, I mean, just from the stuff you've named, I just put down, like, four I haven't seen. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll intersperse those. So as long as I see 31 of that theme, I consider it a check. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's my thing. It's like, I'm, I will watch at least 31 of this. <clears throat> I'm sure there's going to be a few from other decades that get thrown in there because it's just not going to happen where I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to be like one night, I'm going to be like, I really want to watch Texas Chainsaw, mm -hmm. and that's going in, you know, or whatever. But I'm really, really trying to be, that is going to be the primary theme. And who knows, if I'm on a roll and I'm really enjoying it, I may stick just to that decade yep. just because. You never know. But you never know. But I never like to say I'm not 100% going to not watch something that's outside of that range. Um, you know, there was a there was some movies I purposely left off the list because I've rewatched them so much. But there's a good chance I'm going to throw on Troll Hunter. Then I, because Troll Hunter's a good one. Troll, I fucking love It's the same guy who directed The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Really? Yep. No shit. Uh, yeah, something for, like for Troll Hunter was another one of those movies I... I watched it just <clears throat> randomly because it looked kind of interesting. And then I'm just like, dude, this movie is amazing. I love this movie. Mm -hmm. Again, great low-budget film, man. Yep. Um, but, yeah. So, we are definitely getting on in time here for, for yeah, us. Yeah, what are we at? Two hours? Uh, almost two and a half. Nice. Um, which is which is fine, man. This, there's no time limit. I've been podcasting since I was going to say, this is, this is podcast number two of the day. My voice is starting to, starting to crack a little bit. And I, I yeah, I'm getting <laughs> hungry. So, and uh, yeah. So, anyway, so from now on, you can expect every other month, Dan will be on the show. Um, and Eric will be doing the other months. And. Who the hell knows? You know, there may be some other times where you get another extra bonus episode. But my plan is, so I didn't really talk about this too much at the beginning. The plan is, is there's going to be the one rotating guest host. And then I still plan on doing a regular episode every month. Um, I've been trying to find this balance of doing the podcast, having the time to do it, covering subjects I like. I like doing movie reviews, but I'd rather talk movies. Yeah. And having Eric and Dan on gives me that chance to talk movies because they're very knowledgeable. We've <laughs> so seen some shit. We've watched some movies. They're, they're like movie nerds like I am, so it's great to 
which I don't yeah. always get with my guests. I think I'm at like 215 for the year so far. I haven't checked, but I bet I'm pushing close to 200. Do you, tra- watched- do you track your watching on 2019 uh, Daily Podcast app of the year? Oh, Letterboxd? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and right at the top of my friends list, uh, Dan watched Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the other day. That's part today. of my 90s rewatch. That <laughs> uh, film is mean. Um... But yeah, so this is the thing. It's like I want to have some people on that I could just strictly talk movies with because, you know, Average Joe's Drive-In was founded on that premise of being able to talk movies. I feel very lucky that I have a lot of awesome friends that are very talented in music and writing and filmmaking and all this stuff. So I really like to be able to talk to them about stuff they're doing, but they're not always on the same level or par with me as movies. (laughs) So... I've been thinking for a while, and that kind of come up to me the other day. I was like, I wonder if I could get Dan and Eric to be, like, rotating guest hosts so they don't have to commit, because they both do their own podcast. But, you know, every other month is doable, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it gives us space to figure out different shit to talk about. Oh, yeah. So I can all. Like I said, <laughs> you, you gave me the idea, and, like, two hours later, I have a 75 film list. You oh, know? yeah. Like I said, when I was going through those lists, I... I I went into Google and just typed in movies from the 2000s and started going through and looking at stuff. I didn't even do top list. It was just movies from the 2000s, horror movies from 2000s. And started going through and it's like, oh, I forgot about that one. And I forgot about that one. And oh, yeah. So anyway, yep. So anyway, so you get, like I said, you guys can expect a regular episode. I'm pretty sure my next, I've got my next guest lined up, but I have to get a hold of her. Uh, her new book just dropped, and I'm reading it right now. So I might be pushing that one, like, real close to when it actually <laughs> comes out because I'd like to actually finish the book. Uh, so anyway, yeah, thank you guys for listening to Average Joe's Drive-In. I'm TJ, and this is... Dan Blumming. <laughs> and anyway, be kind to each other, and I will see you sexy animals on the flip side.